Send it. It's send, it. send it. Send it. Send it. Send what it. am I looking at? <laughs> it's me. That's not. Is that you in the future? Is that going to be? That's <laughs> me, homeless in the future. You and the homeless just... and, and Albuquerque. You're going to move out there, and all of a sudden, you're just going to just. Has anybody I mean... seen my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got to have a game plan and a future plan. Mine is to be homeless. That's it. Is that a bottle of Bailey's in his hand? What has he got? It's... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Ah, I'll tell you what you don't got. <laughs> Dude, it has been a minute. Oh, my it's God. Been, it's um, been very – it's been more than a minute, minutes. man. Yeah. Ah. Feel good, though. I, I, I'm a little – is it okay to feel a little rusty? I don't know, like... Yeah, I mean, normally uh, we come back from something like this, and I mean, I have to be honest, I mean, we never really take any time for ourselves, um, and quite honestly, we hate each other uh, outside of this <laughs> podcast uh, in the real world, so it's, it's kind of nice go, that we take some time. It's go along to get along uh, as part of the New Standard podcast. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Got to take your lumps. Got to take your lumps, which is the normal work day. And then you get uh, freedom, which is uh, a, what, a six-week hiatus. So It, it was definitely, definitely uh, valuable to both of us, I think, though. We can talk about that later. But if you think about it, but we've been going hardcore at this for like a year and Over two years. Over, Over two, two years. years. And we've never taken a really vacation. So Never this long. Of... Yeah, this felt really, really good, man. I won't lie to you. It felt good I, to be uh... without you for a while. Part of being together is being apart. Okay, that's just oh, that's what people say before they break up. So <laughs> that's always a good excuse, right? Yeah, you know, just a you. test. It's a it's a trial separation. It's a trial separation. It's not you. It's me. You know. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty, but plenty. we've all been brokenhearted at some point. So. Oh yeah. And. <clears throat> This is where we separate ourselves. If you, if you haven't wanted to kill yourself, then you've never lived. Oh, that. Jesus Christ. What are right. you? Well, you said heartbreak, and then you always go, oh, the world, the world just, is we're, we're partying at a three, and you go right to an 11, and it's a little too early. Was it All profound? Right. I don't know. No, it was not profound. Damn it. That was what I was going for. <laughs> All right. Well, um, episode number 53. Um, welcome to the Nissan Nerd Podcast. We are doing it up here again for you guys. Again, from a, bat, a long hiatus, we've got a lot of news to cover um, and a lot of personal drama, I guess we've already kind of laid out. But yeah, it's crazy. You've gone that long. So much news, so much changes. And then everything that happens in the world compiled on top of that. But uh, Mike, yeah. tell them what they won. All right, guys. Again, welcome to the show. Uh, on this episode, uh, we learned that the new Z, there, its ECU, has already been successfully tuned. We're going to talk about that. Also, the Formula E season has just ended. However, the uh, Nissan Formula E team continues to make big changes. And we're also going to be talking about that a little bit more. And as far as back alley chats, uh, we talk about JDM engines, overrated, underrated. I think it's going to be a pretty good topic, honestly. So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. Welcome to the show. <laughs>
man, I haven't heard that song in a hot. Oh, look at you. Oh, you're trying to trying to one up me with the uh, embarrassing backgrounds. All right. Oh, no, not at all. What are you talking about? Uh, oh, okay. you remember this one? You know, dude, this one's actually very, very old. This is at least a 10 year old picture. Hmm. Oh, God. I knew you should have known you were already ready with these things. Dude, I already got one in the chamber, baby. Every time you try to come at me, you can't just hop in the ring with Ali because you think you can box. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. Oh, man. I thought I had you good. Well, here's the thing. Mine is not Photoshopped. This is an actual photo of you. Right? Am I pointing too low? I don't know. Right there? That's... Hey, I told you, man, I, I, I could, I was a sexy bitch. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, that was actually a photo of me from a long time ago. I think we did like a carding challenge for the, for the local Z clubs. It, yes. And I happened to just have a leotard for whatever It was a reason. onesie, like an elastic onesie. Yeah. Uh, this was easily, what, 2011? Uh, maybe, I was maybe. in my prime. Yeah, you were in your... <laughs> you were in your prime. Now, this was a competition. There are bragging rights to go with it. We only do it once a year. I remember the Austin mm. clubs were there. The Houston club was there. Yeah. And so, you know, let's just say we are not the ringers of our group. So we need every advantage as we could. And I remember this day, you were talking about how you needed every aerodynamic advantage possible, which was <laughs> which was the reason for this 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 uh, this leotard over here. Uh, Shaved it all down, yeah. uh, dude. Yeah. It showed everything, every crease, yeah. every cranny. <laughs> yeah, my moose knuckle was most glorious at this time. So yes, you you um, I remember this was this is one of. My, Honestly, at this point, I had only known you for like two years or less than two years at that point. And yeah. it's your turn to race the carts. And um, you decide to, to do uh, like uh, stretching exercises next, like really close to the cart in front of you. Just, yeah. you know, bending over, stretching. And these guys are like, please get, get yourself away from me. Something like that. Yeah, well, you know, you have to set a mood when you're entering the track, and sometimes it's one of dominance. And uh, you can choose to pee on the other person's car to establish dominance. You can uh, show them a little fruit bowl, if you will, with a bend over. And then um, I uh, chose the fruit bowl road. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that methodology plus the speed suit plus my normal natural skills of being awesome, um, I think I actually won that race. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think you won because everybody was on the side of the track throwing up <laughs> after you passed them. Just... Wins a win, baby. Wins a win. <laughs> um, that's funny. Actually, and you're right. Nobody has since then tried to uh, duplicate your 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 get up there, your outfit. I don't even think uh, I fit in that thing anymore. Yeah. So yeah. sadly enough. Yeah, but I look good yeah. though. I made it look good. It's classic. <laughs> I tried to get you, man. I actually tried to sneak this one on you, and I should have known. You also had one in the chamber, though, man. So, uh, touche, touche, touche. Well, um, so we've got a lot to cover. Like I said, we've been out for six weeks. Uh, thanks again for everybody for being patient with us as we come back from the long hiatus summer break. Um, quite honestly, we needed it. Um, yeah. So, uh, thank you, you... Again for everything. Now. I know in the beginning of this, of the break that we took, uh, you did some traveling. You uh, was out went out, out went out to the mountains of uh, New Mexico out there and uh, did some moving and. 
Yeah, um, with that, I, I went through Colorado for a while. I, I basically had to move some, I'll call it 30% of my garage out to uh, New Mexico to my storage building that was out there. So I, I still got more work to do Yeah. with getting moved. Um, I'm going to do it in phases. But I ended up buying a, a freaking another Datsun 620. How many do you have now? How many 620s? Four. Four? Okay, so four I know in a trailer. That's also a Datsun six. Tra- so four and a half. That's 5. the bed. That's that's going to be a nice look, honestly. Once you four point five for sure, because you have one that's going to be the keeper. Now there's but one that's a little bit. That's the one that's the full blown mod. You know, eventually you have yeah. one that you have like a daily, and two of them are kind of like parts cars right now, and or one was uh, a parts, and then yeah, and then one is just it was so cheap that I bought it, and here I am living in the dream. <laughs> too many cars and then uh yeah so here we are and then i i also am getting another z32 um for payments of services yeah I don't even so, tell me what services you did for a z32 <laughs> it was it was work um definitely yeah, i'm yeah, sure it was, it was. Some, uh, some fine tuning and some uh but um we were able to trade out for work for uh for a vehicle so Okay. Yeah. So here we are. Moving on. Uh, yeah, I was able to make a uh, just a quick pass. I, w- I just went up through Colorado, went to um, like a lot of the agricultural area that's mm. that's just north of New Mexico. So I probably went up there and I bought the Datsun, and then I don't even remember what towns I kind of went through, but it was like it was real small. Like you wouldn't think that Colorado was like that, but the agricultural area right there is like really really strong. Oh wow. And um. Yeah, it was it was just nothing out there. It's just sadness, and I was like, I just went in and it just it just broken dreams of Colorado. Nothing but sadness and uh, affordable Dotsons. Is that what? Yeah, you're saying? I went through a little place called the San Antonio. They call I guess it's a mountain, but San Antonio Mountain. It's this long stretch of road. It's oh. beautiful right there, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. It was God. It was like six hours one direction, six and a half on the way back. So. But anyway, um, yeah, I did a lot of driving, a lot of, there's other stories and adventures that came with that, but yeah, um, I'm going to leave it at that. I got, uh, I, I did the deal and uh, I had a good time, but thank you for asking. I appreciate that. What was your, uh, what did you do in your six weeks? Anything eventful? Um, honestly, you know, I, I stayed in town. I did a lot at home, like a lot of, um, just, so I, as I've shared in the past, you know, uh, recently moved, bought a house. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, what is it? Almost nine months in now, but it's, there's a lot to it. I mean, you're not, you can't just move in. There's always some sort of nope. project, especially in Something the first always year. You. Something oh, yeah. always you don't have enough. You never, you don't have enough candles. You never, <laughs> you know, you don't have that hang in there, kitty photo. The hanging the photo. Yeah. yeah it's a, <laughs> the success. Oh man. I'm, that's what I've been doing. It's just been a series uh, of myself, and I've actually gotten some help as well. Uh, doing a bunch of work around the house, though, honestly. Uh, uh, getting the, uh, would you call it nesting? That's probably a P, uh, an that's easy weird. word of saying. It's just, weird that you're saying nesting and you live by really? yourself. But uh, eh, maybe self not like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I'm just trying to get everything ready. I want to be able to walk into a room and be like, "Yeah, this looks nice. Uh, this, that was meant to be there." This is make, I'm personalizing the house. How about that? Just making it to where I feel very, uh, especially the garage. I did a air reel that the retractable air reel now, Ooh. and I've got a, a a new workbench uh, with some lights and stuff. So 
King uh, of the castle. King of the castle. I'm doing you that, and then uh, I'm, I'm developing the green thumb with the, the grass. I'm trying to get this grass to, to yeah. look green again. So that's uh, Well, grass just yeah. likes water, so let me know how that works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, <laughs> some, in summer, it's, you would say the secret ingredient is water. <laughs> the secret ingredient is water. Yeah. <laughs> It's. Uh, I'm trying to get it jump started again, man, because uh, this first ha- half of the summer I wasn't paying too much attention. But uh, I'm well, learning. nobody I'm nobody gives a damn on this show about your grass. That is true. Um, we'll start another podcast about that in the future and see how well that goes. Yes, yes, yes. But let's go ahead and move on. We got to do some crowd work. Yeah, we got right tons of comments up. Yeah, Stop here. Go ahead. Call, do a few callouts, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, excuse me. Uh, thanks to Ion, Jamie, Brad for joining us, Brad. As always, thank you for from making Australia. the time from yeah, Australia. Yeah. It's probably like thanks, buddy. two in the morning where he's at. Um, David Rocha, Curtis, Lee, Davey joining us tonight. And then, of course, Mr. Sean Buck commenting on your chest nah, cavities. Yeah. And, the uh, picture behind you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, come on. Who doesn't love those things? But moving on. Yes, yes, um, yes. Thanks for being yeah. here, guys. <laughs> I'll do a little salute out to everybody, to those in the Nissan family who we wish good health, and to those that we may have lost, may we be reminded of them often. So a little right, kanpai. If you're there with us, just join us. Kanpai, guys. <laughs> oh, so good when it hits the lips. All right. So we're going to go straight into news. Uh, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and just take the lead on this one. Sure. So um, this one actually just came up while you and I were kind of planning um, and doing the uh, the layout for this uh, episode. And it yep. was actually some news about a car that had kind of been off the radar for a while. Um, this was actually uh, Mr. Tom Cruise. Um, his ex vehicle from the um, uh, from uh, back in the old SCCCA days when he was cutting his teeth um, actually yeah. made its way out. So this was the uh, Planters um, 300ZX that was actually put together um, with the help of Paul Newman, Bob Sharp, and uh, Pepe Pombo. Um, if you go back and listen to our Pepe Pombo um, article from way yes. or episode from way back then, we actually talk a lot about. Um, Tom Cruise, when he first started getting into racing in the SCCA, he actually stayed with Pepe Pombo for a short time while he, him and Nicole Kidman, um, while they, um, while he started getting some time out at road Atlanta, I think it was at that time. And, um, Pepe was uh, known uh, for the longest time as the King of showroom stock. And for those that don't know, he's pretty much a Z 31 SCCA legend. Um, so Pepe was pretty instrumental in kind of getting uh, Tom Cruise off of um, uh, on his feet as far as a racing career at that time. And um, I'm pretty sure he was instrumental in setting up this car. So this car actually just recently came up again, a 1984 300 ZX um, with obviously the planters um, livery on it from that time period came about. Um, so this vehicle was actually completely redone. Um, as far as a restoration, still carries the power plant of the 3.0 V6. I'm waiting for it. that engine. I'm waiting for that yeah. engine shot. There it is. Yep. Yeah, with a little help of uh, from Jim Wolf uh, Technologies, um, awesome uh, vendor for um, Nissan um, performance for the longest time period. So they were actually um, uh, assisting with uh, a lot of the uh, 
the internals, I think some of the camshafts, um, we've got MSA headers, throttle bodies, HKS exhaust. Um, so a, a lot of this is redone. Uh, I don't know about these seats in there, um, but needless to say, it's still a really cool car that went through a heck of a restoration. Um, mm -hmm. So for somebody out there who's going to be restoring or buying this vehicle and either keeping it or, or getting it back to its original condition, um, it's a heck of a buy. Um, this is on bring a trailer right now. Current bid is at 6700 but still six days to go. I foresee this going pretty damn high, quite honestly. I think so. I mean, I think... Or Tom Cruise the, buying his damn car that, back. That's the big sale, right? I was actually thinking about that, too. How cool would it be if Tom Cruise actually put a bid or, you know, one of his... Someone from his team put in a bid or ultimately won this car, you know, for, for, for his... Uh, uh, memorabilia, you know, you see the license plate on this thing as well, by the way, it says T uh, Cruise. Oh, look at that. It's already yeah, ready yeah. for him. So it's, already, it's ready. For, it's got his name on it, on it already. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you're interested in buying this car and you're going against uh, another bidder and you see uh Scientology lover, <laughs> you're probably going to lose. I'm just going to tell you right now, just hold it up <laughs> and forget about it. But uh yeah, again, uh, an amazing car vehicles located out of New Hampshire. So again, if you are the lucky winner of on this thing, call us, let us know that you want it uh because we want to know all about it. Um what, so yeah. What other funny Tom Cruise screen names can you think of? I'm trying to think of like uh I don't know something oh. to do with Top Gun. Like, like it'll be like, I don't know. Like again, it'd be some childish thing, like a Maverick six twenty six nine or something like that. Or, uh, <laughs> or uh, yeah, you said, dude, you got me with the Scientology. That was actually really good. That's clever, man. That's it came uh, from my little brainer up here. Yep. So, <laughs> but um, no, the the license, but yeah, I was gonna say the license plate is pretty cool. I, I would have gone with something um a little a little more subtle, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, when you're trying to sell it, I mean, that makes complete sense. I remember, uh, you know, of course, Pepe and, you know, Bob Sharp, we've had conversations with them. Uh, unfortunately, we've still been able, to, unable to actually technology wise, get Mr. Bob Sharp on, but we've had plenty of conversations and talking to him about that. But he yeah. said, you know, the thing with Tom Cruise is just, uh, you know, it, well, I'm not going to bat. Well, you know what? We're never going to have Tom Cruise on the show, so I'm going to go ahead and just say <laughs> what I'm going to say. But um, I remember we were talking to Bob Sharp and, uh, you know, a few other people that were around that time period kind of confirmed that he just wasn't taking instruction very well at that time. Um, and um, he just didn't feel that um, it was the right sport for him at that time. So that it, it looked like it ended his career fairly early because – he just, it, it was a, at that time, there was a lot of competition and a lot of amazing drivers at SCCA. I think that was showroom stock was, is that right? I think is what they were competing at at the time. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the competition was extremely, uh, extremely heavy at that, especially if you're going against guys like Pepe Pombo, who are just kings of the sport. So yeah. I, I remember uh, there was that documentary with Paul Newman winning. Uh, his documentary that came out, was it, um, oh, let's say five, six years ago. Yeah, it's ago. been about five, six years ago. Yeah. yeah. Now, there was a, a part of that documentary that talks about the uh, Tom Cruise and his experiences, at least what their impressions of his experience was. And they were talking about how, you know, 1986, uh, Top Gun had just come out. Tom Cruise is this up and coming. They were doing uh, this whole Days of Thunder prep. 
Yeah. Yep. yeah. Days of Thunder preparation uh, in a Dotson, you could say. And now, with the challenges that Tom was probably experiencing, obviously not winning yeah, right away. Because they also did Color of Money together. And that's yeah. what he was like, hey, I'm into, Paul Newman's like, hey, I'm really into racing. Like, that's more of what I'm doing than acting these days. Yeah. And then Tom's like, I can drive. And then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, that, that, and so... That was the psych. That's exactly how Tom sounds, by the way. He sounds exactly. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, there was. <laughs> the, I think the psyche, especially being an A-list actor, or, yeah, or at least at, at the time, time, he's yeah. always the main character. The main character always wins. This winning uh, at the end of the at the end of the lesson, you know, he's always on top. Now you you compare that with what racing actually is never always winning every race. And I mean, I'm not saying, well, he... let, let's also say this too. I mean, if you know that you got Tom Cruise on the racetrack and you've been racing for, you know, eight, 10, 15, 20 yeah. years in this, you know, in any given level. And then you got Tom Cruise coming on as a rookie. You're probably yeah. going to rattle his chain a little bit, right? And, and that's how a lot of people saw him. They saw him as a Hollywood type and they were going to, you know, maybe Razum, you know, like uh, Hazem in some ways too, even on the track, you know, they kind of yeah. had that, that attitude towards him. Yeah. Well, Paul, you know, he talked about that too, as well. Like early on, you know, everybody was kind of doing the same thing. They were, they were just giving him a lot of heck and, you know, he was, he was pushing it beyond what he needed to. And he was, uh, he wasn't driving smart or cautious. And then he find he, he sharpened his skills, you know, he started listening and everything else. And if you listen to like old interviews with him and, Fitzgerald and, and, you know, they're really kind of talking about that. And uh, he said, yeah, you know, you just have to kind of become humble and then keep striving for, uh, for getting better and better. And uh, for whatever reason, it just, uh, it didn't pan out or maybe the career kind of took off in a different direction. It's hard to say. I mean, I'm not going to check yeah. timeline on that stuff. Orlando Nunez commented. In, he said, uh, Tom did good late in his career driving formula one. Mm. I, I, I don't, I don't remember him being part of a team, but I know, I mean, I, even to this day, whenever there is a particular U.S. Grand Prix or British Grand Prix, the camera always shoots over to Tom. He, he's typically there at least at one race every year at the yeah. fair nope. minimum. So I do know he's very, if not a motor, fan, uh, yeah. I know his I'm motorcycle sure gets, correction is, collection is like out of, out of control. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I'm sure he's got some special uh, privileges as, being as high ranking uh, yeah. uh, of a movie star that he is. Moving. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. What, do you got? what I would like to do uh, next episode, let's recap. Let's find out how much this thing sold for. I'll, I'm going to make oh. a note for us and we'll check it out. Yeah. Toss those seats. Jesus Christ. Three <laughs> a racing. Those got to go. Son got to go anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, kudos to anybody that wins this um, or the Scientology university. I mean, yeah, if you guys get that and want to add that to the, I don't know stable of scientology vehicles i mean kudos to you guys out there so um yeah but uh yeah i i um yeah i think it's going to be a if somebody within the community grabs it, i think it's gonna be pretty slick so yeah. cool cool all right man all right next news uh, go i've got the next one yes yes so i want to go ahead and talk about something here guys we've got three articles uh, three Nissan and or Infinity models that are actually being discontinued for 2023. And I'm going to go ahead and try to call them out here individually just very briefly. I think it's worth uh, you guys knowing this. Uh, I know, right? Uh, as reported from Jalopnik, they're, oh, sorry, reported by Car and Driver, uh, the Q60 uh, is looking to be uh, ending production in 2023. 
Uh, the Q60 debuted in 2015 as a successor to the G37 Coupe. Uh, they're saying that the Infinity brand is pivoting to uh, its luxury crossovers, SUVs, and EV uh, vehicles. Um, now, sales have been in a steady decline for the Q60. Unfortunately, I, I think it's a beautiful car still. I think it's I mean, an amazing ride. I mean, for what you get. but Yeah. Up until this year, it's been the only car with the, or the Q50 as well. But the Q60 and Q50 have been the only cars with the with the VR30 twin turbo engine too, which I think is a, a perk. You know, it would be another reason to uh, to get one of these cars though. But uh, they're saying 2023, uh, the Infiniti Q60 will, will end. Now, I do wonder whether it's good timing. I'm sure this is some sort of thought between the uh, the ending of this model and the beginning of the new Z because uh, you know what's funny yeah. is this time period is exactly when the late '90s kicked in. It feels a lot like that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and I'll throw this out there, right? Yeah. So in the late '90s, out. the Japanese supercars basically kind of halted production into the u.s because the suv market was coming out so strong you know you've got like the ford escape ford expeditions all that um you know the chevy suburbans those were getting really really hot and the sales numbers were just kind of following them so what did it do it killed the japanese supercar market you know within a number of years everything started falling off so i think what's starting to happen is the high performance luxury cars are kind of going that same route too because i feel like it's this next generation of just i don't know suv vehicles to me that that all look the damn same but yeah. here i am you know I, I don't know it just feels like that and then of course we've got we've got a huge gas price issue that's come up as of late so people are kind of chasing the ev suvs now and i'm like i don't know it just it feels a lot like that right now the, the ev waves come and i get that uh i think that the um right the the trucks, uh, performance trucks, uh, overlanding trucks, uh, SUVs, man, just, especially in the U.S. There's a lot uh, of competition right now with, with different uh, things that are grabbing people's attention or maybe yeah. fit into their lifestyle. You know, also everybody is like, you know, with inflation and everything, maybe people are just broke and they're just like, well, hell, we got to have one vehicle that does it all. That's, you know, that's what I think the uh, – the, crossover or a four-door uh, crew cab, like, like a super crew, you know, you get the four yeah. doors and a truck bed that was meant to be the all in one vehicle. You know, that, that was where the savings or yeah. some of the usefulness was. Thank you. El Camino. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they got, or, they got what was it? The brat Oh, the brat. Oh, Subaru yeah. brat. And uh, that's, 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 uh, that's Wednesday's part of the Subaru nerd con podcast. <laughs> the Subaru uh, nerd podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But no, uh, you're right. On. There is a, so, there is a trend. And I also think that, uh, especially in the nineties, uh, the prices were getting very, very high for, uh, Japanese, uh, sports cars. <laughs> I, goes, yeah. I mean, zombie apocalypse and all. Yeah. It makes complete sense. So, so. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 There's always that, that, that mentality these days. Oh, too, thank you to Orlando. Yeah. He sent me the, uh, uh, the Tom Cruise formula one test drive training. Yeah. We'll, uh, oh. we'll see if we can fit that in the background towards the end. Uh, that too. We'll also throw it on the web, on the Facebook page as well. We'll throw it on the Facebook page. On the page, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah. All right. So you said this is Article One. You got yes, two more doom. And, you got two more doom and glooms. Give me the next one. Yes, yes. Next one is the Nissan Rogue Sports. Uh, yeah. Being uh, they call <laughs> reported dead in 2023. This Jesus comes from, Christ. Uh, it was the uh, only Jalopnik. cool thing that it was the only cool Rogue ever made. 
Well, that's the thing, you know, and pardon my ignorance up until reading this article, I didn't know that the Rogue and Rogue Sport were different. You know, yeah. Rogue Sport is a smaller version of the Rogue. It was actually the smallest, second yeah. smallest crossover that Nissan has had. Correct. Uh, now, there's not, much, there's not much sporty about it. It's 141 yeah. horsepower, you know. I like the size. I mean, I'm always down for smaller vehicles. That's my personal preference. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, Saying here, yeah, it is uh, discontinued here in 2023. Uh, I think. Uh, well, uh, it, it was it it made sense. Stuff like this, these specialty models, or anything that was tried and then it just didn't work out. It, it from sometimes they're just not going to work out like that, and that's to be under, that's to be expected. So I get it. But, right, right, right. I, uh, <sighs> you know, sales, and then of course they're looking at the. It kind of competes with itself. The, the Nissan kicks. This is very similar to this. That's kind of the <laughs> similar life of the juke, you know what I mean? So. And it said, uh, I think I read the article, and it said it, it wasn't very – now, even though it went away, it wasn't yeah. like those, please, please, please bring it back. It was it was kind of like pistol whipping a blind kid. It was pretty <laughs> non-favorable. It was like uh, – what did they say? It was like uh, the, the engine's gutless, and then, of course, it still has CVT in it. So it was just yes. like – it's like oh, that's good, a, it was like a good riddance and I kick them like, well, while they're down already yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. I'm nobody telling likes you. not very many people like cvt so bad yeah. news yeah. but yeah. we get it we understand all right well, Nick, one hit more. Me with number three if this one took me bad. by surprise but let's go ahead and talk about it all right the 2023 maxima discontinued uh Holy will crap. cease production mid 2023 yeah i didn't see yeah. that coming Wow. Yeah. The Maxima, but that, oh man. Well, you know, it's Ultima now, right? It's the Ultima world that we live in now. Well, they said a lot of good things about uh, a lot of similarities with Ultima. They were saying here that the Ultima has similar uh, space, which Ultima is the midsize. So you started with the Sentra, that's, or even smaller than that. You had the Versa, then you move up to a Sentra. Then you've got Ultima and then Maxima. And uh, there was a mention but, here. But it does make yeah. sense. It's kind of like it's kind of like three vehicles that are all fighting for the same space. Yes. So, yes. And I've always kind of thought that. I'm like, what is an Ultima? Is that a Maxima? Is, that a, is it a Maltima? Is, is he, that a Ultimax? You know, you know what no. I mean? Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You know, or is that an Infinity? Like, you know, because Infinity kind of copied that, bait, that, 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 uh, that yeah. platform for the longest time. What's, so. What gets me about this is that the Maxima is probably one of the most longest-running Nissan models out there. Uh, dates back to 1980. So this yeah. was, I want to say, yeah. a very heavy decision to make. I've always liked the Maxima. They're always they're always uh, up there. So And then yeah. for, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Even the Sentra kind of, you could almost, like, you could almost talk about it in the same sentence. Like, you yeah. you know, you can always... You can almost have the Ultima and the Maxima in the same pool, and then the Sentra's like, "Can I come in now? You shut up and stay out there until we're done." Like, but it was, but it was kind of like if you look in the '90s, almost all the bodies were kind of rounded the same style. Like the Sentra yeah. was more of like, like you just chopped off the last six oh. inches of the butt of that car, and then you know, in the late '90s, but it was then you took the Maxima and it looked like you gave the six inches back to the butt. You know what I mean? Like it was uh, like there were there was stuff in the back of their pants to get a booty. And it was just uh, but then the but then the um, and then the ultimate came in a little bit later. But, yeah, I, I could I could see the Maxima kind of going away because the sales numbers probably have been everybody's chasing the Ultima because it's the name, well, I guess, after a while. I'll, so. I'll give you an example. You bring up a good point. Uh, for 2020, 2021 sales numbers alone, the Maxima only sold 16,000 units, whereas the Ultima. 103,000 units. So that's a huge yeah. uh, difference between. And then the, I 
can't find the exact part, but they did mention uh, about the amount of space. Uh, and we even said that. Uh, I think when we had that rental car, that Ultima, there was a, a very good uh, – even the – the rental car guy was saying that you get more space or even comparable amount of space Max. with the, with we the had Ultima. The, yeah. We had the Ultima, uh, the, the Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ultima. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we thought it was an Ultima at first, and we're like, oh, we got that Ultima. Oh, we got a Max. All right, okay, cool. Now, one, one last thing. You did mention it, too, how you said it seems like some of the, sometimes these cars are kind of morphing into sort of the same car, same size, same yeah. uh, footprint, uh, same silhouette. Uh, not only is that happening, but you got to understand too that, uh, uh, and this is a big reason for all three of these uh, discontinuations that we're talking about. Is that not only do you have that situation playing out, but also you got to understand Nissan. We've been talking about it for so long. The Ambition 2030 plan, where they are electrifying. Uh, what do they say here? Uh, launching 23 electrified models yeah. across Nissan and Infiniti brands by 2030. Uh, 15 vehicles are electric. Uh, 40%. They want 40% of their sales to be EVs by the end of the decade. So those are obviously we've talked about these goals. Well, what do you think is going to happen? They can't just have all these old well, might the say other legacy thing too is, and uh, when, models. And when the new badging changed and all the new models were silhouetted out there, we didn't know quite what they were going to be. If it was going to be the Frontier and the you know all that that was coming up in the new line. But remember, we you and I said remember. that's not a lot of vehicles for a brand to carry. So it was like a lot of people were going home sad, you know, as yeah. far as the model discontinuation. And it's mm -hmm. true. And, and if you think about it, when you take the Ultima and the Maxim and you put them next to each other and you really can't tell the difference between it anymore, I get it. You know, when the Sentra, yeah. it looks a lot like the Maxima, which it does reality. If you've ever looked at them, they, they're kind of all sharing the same body lines and the same designs type. So yeah. Ultima Maxima, you're, they got to go. So one of them is going to go naturally. It makes sense for the Maxim. I hate to say it. I'm going to um, go one. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to go one further, Miles. <clears throat> I had this conversation with a buddy of mine. He uh, is a paint and body, uh, just wonderful with, he's actually a specialist for Nissan Infinity body work. And he says, another reason why these cars are starting to look the same, not only is it like some sort of, uh, body language or signature that the Nissan designers are, are trying to make up or I'm gonna create. Say I'm going to say you're going to say paneling. No, well, it's no, all the it's, same parts. No, no. Well, I, then maybe that's another one too. But I think the point that he was trying to make was there are safety standards. There are way more safety standards into a yeah. vehicle uh, that a car has to maintain than there were, you know, decades before uh, the headlights had to be a certain height off the ground. Uh, you know, similar, Essentially, it they're a lot of these cars are being regulated to having to regulated, scrutinized. To be yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, All that translates into creativity. dollars. Yeah, well, yeah, it also it, translates it, into dollars. Like we only have so much money, we're only selling so much, and um, you know, and then the last few years haven't been the best. I mean, things are looking up, and uh, and we're always pro Nissan here, but we get it. We understand that yeah. Uh, yeah, a change yeah. needed to have for the survivability of the company. So it makes complete sense. Now, I will so. give you some uh, uh, a silver lining on this Ooh. gloomy cloud, Miles, like you said earlier. Uh, doom and gloom. Uh, they haven't provided much detail on the future of EV plans, although the, the automaker has confirmed plans to build a pair of EVs at its plant in Mississippi starting in 2025. Okay. Uh, one will be for Nissan, one will be for Infiniti. So there are models of EV uh, being uh, 
uh, I'm sure the R and D and manufacturer and trials, right a lot of these trials are probably happening as we speak. That so uh, I would definitely have a uh, uh, lookout for, for for some some news uh, to replace these models. Yeah, uh, Jamie. Okay, let's go to do some. Uh... We got a lot of comments on this one. Good, yeah. So Jamie said, what? I think because she's also, a, she's a Maxima owner, so she's a little destroyed <laughs> right now. Orlando <laughs> Nunez, Altima is a big car. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see here. Altima and Maxima have always been completed in, uh, competed in the same space. I think it was Justin talking. Uh, JLE. Yeah. JLE, yeah. And he makes, com- he, he, I agree, I couldn't agree more. So mm-hmm. even the new Sentra is a lot bigger compared to the old ones. Orlando Nunez, yeah, makes uh, complete sense. I completely agree. Um, let see here. Jamie said, people have called my Maxima and Altima now an Altima and I may have almost throat punched them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Let me see here. Um, <laughs> Orlando, the King of trunk space also says huge trunk of the Altima. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The King of knowledgeable trunk space. That might, it's, it's Orlando's new gig. So um, yeah, very, very cool. Um, uh, well, I wouldn't say very cool, but yeah, things, it was a natural evolution of these things to happen. So, Yes. Um, yes, a little yes. doom and gloom. Uh, let's try to keep it positive and move on to the mm. next thing. Jeez. Um, well, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Maybe I can try. <laughs> to, maybe I can try to. Um, I think you smile this. while you say bad. Yeah, news. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to give you bad news in a good way. Let's. You think I can try this? <laughs> let's, let's try it. Let's, let's try. It. It. Let's let's see what happens here. Okay. Uh, Miles, let's talk about something really, really exciting. You're going to love this. Recalls. Oh, recalls are my I love favorite recalls. thing in the world. If there's anything oh, I love yeah. in the world, it's recalls. They're so cool. They're trying to keep you safe, bro. Can, mm, can you fault yeah. anybody for trying to keep you safe? Safe is a good thing. That's a positive thing, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Totally. This is, this is, this is, uh, this is going horribly mm. so far. All right. First one. Yeah. <laughs> You're not good at this at all. All right. Moving on. The Rogue Hybrids. Oh, man, we love those. Uh, we can talk about here. Recalls. Uh, now, there is a brake booster defect. Uh, you know, we all love to stop, Miles. Uh, there are 6,000 hybrid mm. Rogues that uh, they're having some defects with the brake boosters. Uh, they're saying that overheating can cause uh, uh, overheating and repeated use in hot conditions. Similar to stop-and-go traffic can How cause failure of the brake booster. It's a pretty big uh a pretty big well there's ways to work around this you only drive your nissan rogue hybrids in cold areas so um northern you know, states if, you, you're if good. you truly love your car get out of that hot state you know what i mean make it up to canada <laughs> you know what i mean get up there in the mountains um but yeah that's what your problem is don't worry but yeah if you yeah. uh if you do live in the in the i don't know the death valley and you drive your rogue hybrid guess what the recall's been out, so that's a good. Yeah, thing. yeah. Right. That is the first time. Of course, we do these guys as PSAs. I almost feel like it's part of our duty. Uh, it is part of our duty. World to, yeah. to, so to, to, if to you're listening to guys. this now and you're rolling your eyes, shut up. We're saving lives. Moving yeah, we're on. Saving lives, man. Yeah. yeah you yeah. tell you tell your friends. They tell two friends. And they, they tell, tell two, two friends, friends, and then uh, yeah, then so it's an STD so for everybody. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Is that that's what that commercial was, right? It was an STD commercial. Uh, I want to say it had to do with like gossip in general, but I mean, gossip or STD? You say gossip, I say STDs. Both are lethal. Moving on. They're very same. They're very close. They're they're identical. Same thing. Next recall. 
Next one. Uh, Nissan issues a recall for replacement Takata airbags and older <laughs> Nissan and Infiniti models. These are not new vehicles. Uh, these are some that are much, much older. Uh, I'll give you some examples here. These are the 2001 to 2003 Maxima, the 02 to 06 Sentra, 07 to 12 Versa. 02 to 03 Infiniti QX4, that's the SUV, mm-hmm. and the uh, 2006 to 2010 Infiniti M35 and M45. I was going to say, that's a 35 and 45 right there in front of us. Yes, oh. yes, 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 the last one there. Now, um, this is what makes this recall more, it's trickier than most other ones. This one actually has to do with replacement parts. So if you've had any of these vehicles, again, Maximo, Sentra, Versa, Infiniti, uh, that you have had uh, replacement airbags installed into your vehicle between December 9th of 16 and November 12th of 2021. So that's about a five-year window. If you've had any bodywork or replacement airbags to these vehicles within those years, you could potentially have a bad airbag. Um, it could be deadly. Uh, Take not, it in. A, yes. Take it in. Yes. Uh, also, they'll they'll usually check it by VIN numbers. So if you call them, they'll say, hey, "Want your car? Blah blah. What's your VIN number? All right, make your way in there, and they assign you and schedule you up." So. Well, that's the tricky part too, is that because now you're dealing with collision centers. Not all collisions are done through dealerships. So the the airbags that came out of the factory, potentially good, uh, they were in good shape. It's the replacement ones. Should let's say you got into a from Takata themselves. I mean. Takata. Wow. Okay, yes, so these are mean. replacement. Yeah. Oh, and so well, I retract what, what I previously harder. said. Don't call the dealerships. Leave them alone. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. A little bit harder to to, to track, but uh, if you are the owner of any of these vehicles, and again, we'll be leaving these in the show notes, click on the link and uh, take a look. Uh, you, you could apply. Now, the number, they're saying this could affect up to 18,000 vehicles. How about that? Uh, yeah. That That is a pretty strong number still. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. That was the... Uh, uh, <laughs> recall on that one i got one more recall miles uh, please we, please please keep bringing this darkness over I, the uh the nnp uh yeah. episode today <laughs> drop it let's go what you got i can get through it i can take anything you can dish out yeah. do it hit me with another recall let's go. let's talk uh, let's talk automatic transmissions here for a second here oh, we're talking about favorite. the new the new jatco mm-hmm. nine speed transmission that's being used not only now we talked about this in yeah, we all know the Jatco nine-speed transmission, don't we, Miles? I, yeah, I, I got one right here. Actually, yeah. it's, uh, just sit right there next to me. Go on. This is the new automatic transmission that is used in the the new Frontiers, the new Titans, and coincidentally, the don't new Z uses this uh, variation, same very uh, variation of the same transmission, this nine-speed uh, Jatco transmission. Uh, we talked about this in the last podcast. There is an issue with uh the the parking uh the park feature of this thing and i do have one picture it won't go in a park it goes into park but they're saying actually can i finish miles can i finish? i'm sorry my apologies i was just uh, (laughs) i thought we were just talking moving on i hear hear, it says here the car manufacturer has revealed that reduced clearances could lead to contact uh, between the edges of the parking pole and the boss of the transmission uh, this is a triggered by dimensional variation in the manufacturing process. Could uh-huh. result in the parking brake not properly engaging when the vehicle is shifted into park, 
increasing the risk of a rollaway. And Miles, just because I care for you so much, that is what a parking pole looks like. It's a component inside the transmission. You know, when you put the car in park and, and say you're on a hill and you always feel that car uh, transmission go forward a little bit, that chunk as mm -hmm. as you're hitting something, that little thing that's stopping the car, that's what mm -hmm. this is. It's that yeah. tooth that locks the gear into place. And, and they're saying that there's dimensional uh, variation that's causing this to uh, not uh, always be effective. Yeah, that makes sense. Invented by Paul Babadakis. Um, <laughs> In, Please uh, go on, yeah. In, in 1986, <laughs> uh, don't bother looking it up because it's uh, completely 100% true. True, yeah. But uh, obviously, Paul Papadakis screwed us on this one. So it was a crap design. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you do yeah. have that, what do people need to do about this recall? Now, there are, uh, for the Frontier and Titan guys, a recall should have already been mailed to you with this situation. Now, this is actually affecting the sales of the brand new Z. These Zs have just come out within the last two weeks into dealerships, and the automatic versions of these new Zs are currently at a stop sale. So, in many cases, you're not even gonna, they're not even going to let you drive this thing off the parking lot, uh, the dealer lot yet. Which is, uh, I'm sure it's going to upset a lot of people. Uh, yeah, send all your hate thing. mail to Paul Babadakis <laughs> at 555 Dingus Avenue, yeah. now, <laughs> just <laughs> Smyrna, Tennessee. Smyrna, right, Tennessee. Right, now, right. they did say here, though, that, of course, they advise you, anybody who has this version of transmission in their Frontier, Titan, or new automatic transmission Z, use the emergency brake. That's what it's for. Uh, it will prevent, uh, if this happens to you, the emergency brake will save you. Another good way to prevent this, Miles, ah. is buy a standard transmission. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go back here. We got some crowd work to do. Um, all right. And Randall Thompson says, welcome to the Debbie Downer podcast. Yeah, well. We're going to try to make it positive from here. We actually got some good news to talk about. We're trying, man. We, we, we're just trying to report what, what we have, and it's just unfortunate. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ion said, yeah, uh, that was it. I want to say Toyota was involved too later, but mem but maybe I'm misremembering. He's probably talking about the Takata seatbelt um, mm -hmm. recall that was done so bad. And for those that don't know, there's actually a Takata plant, um, Mike, actually just next yeah. to SeaWorld, um, if you didn't know. So, here in San Antonio, yes. in San Antonio, Texas. Um, so yeah, if you ever want to make had it out there, fingers, man, I ate some tacos before and greasy fingers and messed things up. Sorry. <laughs> Moving along. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Ion said, "What's a standard transmission?" <laughs> Moving on. Uh, we've got quite a bit to cover. So thank you for all the recalls, keeping us safe, Mike. Uh, we love you, and yeah, uh, yeah we're gonna move on. Um, so the next thing that we need to go over here is um, actually uh, we've got a little bit more news. You have more news that you want to talk about, actually, uh, or the, yeah, you what do you, think? you had we had one. Yeah, nah. You know what? Let's kill it. Okay. I would say let's kill that. No more doom and gloom. We're only going to stay with positivity. Let's go for um, it. But um, so I did want to talk about this next article. So, and I'll just take it, Mike. Go for it. Give you a go bit of a it. break. So, AMS uh, Performance. Uh, for those that don't know, they, they've been around for quite a while on Facebook. And Mike, I'll let you bring up the the photos sure, from it. Sure. 
Um, so AMS actually um, just got their hands on one of the brand new Zs, and they're, we'll just say, first uh, to tune the new Z um, and tune it successfully. Um, so the new Z um, actually just boasted these numbers out uh, the last day or so. Um, with obviously with the small amount of mod list that you see here with the rear exhaust. And for those that don't know, it's not necessarily an Achilles heel, but we talked about this on the last, oh God, it was about three episodes ago where we said, what are going to be the things that are hindrances for uh, for the new Z as far as performance? VR and the 30, stock yep. and the, the stock exhaust was one of those because Nissan's not putting performance exhaust on these cars for because people it's one of the main things that people modify in their they cars when it. they first get them so they're like why are we going to spend all this money and giving you good exhaust again well, even the nismo 350z exhaust was amazing the nismo 370z exhaust was decent and you guys just don't want it you want you want this <laughs> other crap so we're just going to give you a plain jane exhaust merry christmas and so, um, yeah, this was one of the first things that were kind of done on this car. And yep. then um, the vehicle is obviously tuned uh, with Ecotech beta software and um, MS109 fuel. Um, so it had the big boy Baghdadi fuel, fuel yeah, race fuel. Yeah. Um, and again, this is on the VR30. So it ended up boasting 452 wheel horsepower, 523 telks on stock turbos, which... You know, me and Mike thought these were going to be the Achilles heel. We still don't know yet. But, um, you know, with this new design for the new turbo, which we had talked about again, two episodes. We're not going to talk about it again. <laughs> Go back and watch the damn show. Yeah. But we talk about the stock turbos. Uh, they actually have a little bit of new technology that's built into them. Yep. So, again, um, this was actually a, a pretty, uh, pretty stout number, in my opinion, just straight out of the box with minimal tuning and uh, running on fat daddy gas. Um, but then again, uh, Mike, you took the liberty of actually doing a bit of a comparison between the 370Z uh, to this, right? I, I did because I saw these numbers and it, what everybody's so impressed with, and I am too, is the torque. You get 500 foot pounds. What is it? 523 foot pounds of torque at 2,500 RPMs. That is a very, very low end, tons of torque right off. I mean, you're talking about, Wow, uh, it's a roller line, coaster. Just yeah. going right, and I was thinking about that, and I was like, "Well, two things. One is that doesn't really seem to have been something that previous Zs have been about, at least in my opinion. Like the VQ, uh, the uh, thirty VQ thirty five, VQ thirty seven. In my opinion, has always been a high revving engine. They call it the HR, right? High revving, rev. High, you know, it's always meant to be a high revving engine. And, and you're seeing here that these torque lines they dip, uh, they decrease starting at at five. Oh, let's yeah. say 4,500 RPMs. That yeah. torque just yeah, it started just, to drop off. Yeah, it drops, and which is nothing that you would really see in previous Zs. Now, granted, you but, would never see this. But look right off the line. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it, of course, we're talking about a tune, and some yeah. of this may have been adjusted, of course, but yes. But I mean, right off the line, it's just straight. It's a roller coaster. It's just straight through the roof. So, I agree, and I think there's a number of reasons for this. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that one's better than the other. I'm just saying this is something that I've noticed that makes me think that this new Z is a different experience. I mean, we already know it's a different experience, but this is one of the reasons why. I think this would be a different experience. Uh, it is that butt dyno. It's probably one of the first indicators that we get when we're getting into a new car, right? Yeah. And I think, right, you're going to see this instant uh, takeoff, like you said, 
but it's it the torque drops pretty rapidly after 4500 or after let's say 5000 rpms um I think that, it's intentional, yeah. believe it or not. Like, yes. Okay, so I'm going to give you this, right? Yeah. So you make a quick spooling turbo to operate within that power that 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 RPM band range. What is that? That's pretty much instant responsible, uh, instant response, right? Mm -hmm. So your hill country running, your you know getting out of a corner really fast, you know, on like you know maybe maybe want to give it give it the beans a little bit as you're going around. <laughs> uh, going around the, uh, you know, a, uh, a roundabout or a churn somewhere, or you're yeah. out in the hill country and, you know, you want your wig to be kind of blown back a little bit. I mean, that is where you want to operate that world at. So Nissan is basically building that car for that type of driving um, experience. And I, and I really think that's what it's about, um, in my opinion. Um, because if you think about it, that's, I mean, that's what they're building. They took all this time to listen to what people want. And the yes. reality is nobody wants, a, you know, something that's going to be up there in the, in the 5,000 RPM range, starting to build power at that point. You know what I mean? They wanted yeah. to give you something that was going to be responsive yeah. off the line. And they, they did, they gave it to yes. you. They gave you exactly what we asked for. They gave you turbos. They even yes. gave you quick response. They cut the weight where they could. Yes. Of course, well, it's a big. Uh, it, it, well, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It was going to be a bigger pig than what it was, than what it is. Yeah. And I shouldn't say it's a big pig, but I'm saying it was going to yes, be a yes. heavier mass than what it is now because they're taking yes. the time. Because it could have been. Um, and then when you're in that driving experience, I mean, that's what you're kind of shooting for. I mean, the 370Z is a great performing car yes. for what it is if you look at it as a whole. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, I, well, I really think that it's purpose-built vehicle for a certain type of market yeah. and i think that's what it's for now i think there are i think there's a big re there are a number of reasons why i think this is well one is here's the thing you can't complain about this again this is just an observation yeah. i'm not complaining because even if you look at these numbers when you're at the top end uh you know near the end of the of the engine range you, you still have uh what is that uh 550 okay so you're about let's just say a little under 250 pound feet of torque at its red line right well, with the old 370Z, you were maxing out at around, at around the same torque. So yeah, exactly. The smallest, like the lowest number recorded on the new engine was once the highest number that was on the previous engine. So these are still upgrades, but again, it's just uh, not only is it a huge jump in power, but it's where you're getting the power that makes it different. And the reason why I think about this too is that it reminded me, it reminded me of like a, an American car, you know, I think about the old V8s, <laughs> that low-end power, the 350s, the LS1s, you're getting that takeoff, so this kind of feels American to me, is that, mm -hmm. uh, is that I mean, that's my own opinion, you I know, guess. what's I, I've funny never is, one yet, but that's what I you see, you can go and watch like old option videos when the 350Z was dropped, and, and you would see that like, they would talk about certain things like, hey, we wish we had more power here, yes. or this was a great piece of design, um, uh, design suspension piece like the zero lift you'll have to go back and trust me on this one or do your research but the zero lift of uh, design of the 350z when it first came out um yeah. all these things were kind of meant for the driving experience but not necessarily giving people the power to kind of <laughs> kill yeah. themselves that they were <laughs> like they were back on the z32 days you know so yeah um I think what they're doing is they're like, again, they're, they're designing the car around what's going to sell for the market. So yes. you, you, 
you're kind of making a um, a vehicle that's going to please the market. But you know, you like an example, like if you've ever seen Japanese companies or Japanese um, motorsport groups talk about the Corvette, like early on, or we're talking like nineties, two thousands, where they would say cars got ridiculous amount of power, but it handles like a, it, it handles like it's just the boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a boat. It's a, it's tail happy, you yeah. know, cause it, cause the thought process wasn't there for the all, all experience of handling. So there's so much more that goes into this the car package. than just power and everything else. And, and the other thing too, is you can't really compare, and I hate to say it and I'm making a case for going against everything we're talking about, but we're talking force induction versus non-turbo yep. total and a, different a, a total different animal that also has something to play into it yep. as well. And then the handling aspects of everything. I mean, it, it, ultimately the new Z is based off of the, yes, the, the, the Z 34 370 Z platform, but they've taken the time to add in all the additional rigidity. Again, we're not going to talk about this now. Go back and listen to the last two episodes because <laughs> we've covered this till we're blue in the face. Um, but you know, there's that, but again, I'm going to go ahead and just, so we're not beating a dead horse and we can talk about this literally for hours. Yes, like we, we were talking about. I still have one more after you're done, but go ahead. Yeah. Because we're nerds. But the reality is overall as a package, yes. as uh, Tamuro san would say, as a dance partner, it's probably one of the best Z's um, supposedly that's out there um, that's I ever agree. been made. So I agree. It's the highest, I would, the, it's the most powerful Z out of the factory ever. And I would tell you right now, if you get your hands on one for test driving, have the experience because I don't, I have this theory. This is just me. Ooh. We're a few years off from now, but I have this theory that this will probably be one of the last combustion engines that Nissan puts out. If they do, Ooh, yeah. it's going to be, it, it, we're, we're, and we're getting a lot of, we're running into territory where we're going to have a lot of people like, hell no, blah, blah, blah. And people get very emotional about this. But I'm yeah. going to say right now, I would probably try to spend some time in this car because this might be, in my opinion, I, I bet you anything, this is going to be the last combustion Z, uh, yeah. Z put out. Which isn't a bad thing because bad now thing. now all the new EV stuff that's coming out, it's mm -hmm. EV muscles finally starting yep. to become a cool thing because Dodge is, thing is making yeah, yeah. these crazy power vehicles out now. There's crazy there's crazy juices coming out. Yeah. You and me have been picking apart articles for the last two weeks on how yep. how the market's finally starting to ramp up as long as there's batteries there. So. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's lithium or whatever component yeah, that you're yeah. using. Now you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned EVs because I, you know, I almost felt, I almost felt bad saying American because that's almost like an insult to me in, in some ways. American. But what I really meant to, this is another one, and this is on the same front, which is <coughs> yes, the Z is or the trend. Um, uh, we're, we're comparing against muscle, e-muscle, right? And what is EV muscle? It's that instant torque off the line. That's what EVs, it's that, that's what a big uh, feature of it EVs is. are. It's instant torque. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, and that's kind of what these turbos are doing. They're, 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 they're competing. They're trying to get you to, you know, they don't want to be, the worst thing would be someone saying, oh, well, it doesn't have, you know, EVs faster. Well, again, that's a whole different conversation, but this is that low end torque that I think kind of keeps this car competitive, even with the EVs, you know? Yeah. Uh, last thing I had, uh, one well, is we got to do go some ahead. crowd work. Let me see here. Uh, oh, okay. JLE 
it would be interesting to see a VQ 37 TT versus a VR 30 dyno comparo. Yes, it would. One day, maybe. All right. Kelsey Stefan just chiming in. Hey, what's up? Jaylee again, power delivery like the single overhead cam VG30. You shut your <laughs> mouth. Um, let me see here. Um, and Orlando Nunez, I enjoy driving my 350Z a lot more in the stock form more than when I installed the single turbo system. Yeah, well, it's all about, I, and it is all about making making everything function together. It's If you have a massive car that you're putting a ridiculous amount of power in, and then you mm-hmm. don't take the time to evolve the suspension, yeah, it, it's a it's a balancing game. It's a balancing act for a car. It's an And that's the beautiful thing I love about when you hear like Japanese importers or you watch these old like um, uh, motoring videos, go back yeah. and watch some of them in DVD. They're all in Japanese, but you can get the subtitles. But uh, the big thing one thing with them a- in design and their passion is a balance of a vehicle. Um, the best ones I will ever tell you, and I'm just telling you right now, you can find them on YouTube, 360 motoring or the old, um, I don't know. They're all a JDM option option from, from time to time. They'll do these comparison where they take five or six tuner, um, garages that are based out of Japan, like mines and, uh, Apexi, and they'll put their cars out and then they'll give like Tetsu and some of the, or, um, not Tetsu, um, um, DK, um, son, and, and a couple of those guys, an opportunity to drive the vehicles. And what yeah. it really always comes down to is the turbo matched for the engine, for the RPMs. Is the suspension matched for the weight of the car? Yeah. Have they taken a time? Is it front heavy? Is it back heavy? Yeah. Do they have a differential that's reactive when it should be reactive in and out of the corners? Is the braking package right? There's so many things that come into it, and you just have to look at so many aspects of the car. Um, I'm not gonna, that, I'm not gonna dive too much into that because I can literally talk about that for hours, yes. like nose. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna leave it alone. Yeah. Well, so. that's the thing too, and I will say though too, a lot of my autocross buddies, they'll say the same thing that you're saying is that there's a certain priority on where you put your mods. Like if you have a certain amount of money and you have a car that's completely stock, you know where's the priority go? It's always in order. Braking, suspension, power. Power is the last thing that you worry about because you want to fortify and really get your brake system and your steering system exactly where you want it so that when you put the power and you add power, the car is capable, your confidence, uh, that's the whole thing. It's a whole mentality, and I see that a lot with autocross and other types of competitive driving. I would agree with you 10,000. I left this comment up from Orlando here just for a second too because he chimed on something that I wanted to talk about too, which is he says – Driving my 350Z is a lot more was a lot more. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more in stock form than when I installed the single turbo system, and I think that kind of comes down to the philosophy of the driver. Uh, I'll give you an example. I drive a stock 350Z. I enjoy it, and what I what I enjoy about it is being able to put my foot on the floor, the pedal on the floor, give what I consider everything the car's got, and it's like that emotional like. Take it to the limit, man. Let's do it, right? And you just go as long as you can. There's a maybe. There's some sort of primal uh, reaction to that. When you go turbo, you get more power, and all of a sudden you got a car that wants to kill you, and you're almost limited. You almost don't. You can't. Uh, in, in depending, on, especially in your situation or where you're at, your environment, uh, you can't give it the beans, the hundred percent on on the pedal, and so you almost feel 
sad about that sometimes too. So that that's just something I've noticed uh, from from both aspects of you know, non-turbo and turbo and things like yeah. that. So if you do drive a car and you're really concerned with getting the most you can out of your car, get the balance right and then give it the beans. Yes. So. <laughs> this has been a public service announcement from your friends at the yeah. Nissan Nerd Podcast. <laughs> Moving on. So, um, you know, I, and one thing I kind of wanted to talk about, and we'll we'll get through some of the news because we've got yeah. some really good motorsports news to kind of talk about um, and, a, and a hell of a race that I want to kind of comment here in just a little sure. bit but sure um some a few side notes you know we've talked about the cars and and you know the new z but i did want to let you know mike um i don't know if you've noticed this but the new z uh have you have you had an opportunity to check up the markups now that it's finally making their way to oh, dealerships dude i've seen so many things in my timeline these news it's now it's not as bad as like maybe i thought it would be I've seen cars mm -hmm. go for more, but it's still disgusting to think about. All right. Yeah. So the, the craziest one is the one that we've kind of shared on the, um, uh, on the page and I'll, I'll kind of, uh, let me see if you want to give me the steering wheel. I'll, uh, sure. I'll show you the, the one that I kind of found as of recently. And uh, of course we commented on our, um, our Facebook and our Instagram cause we're starting to use that now. Starting. So, yeah. Starting to. <laughs> we're, <laughs> Hey, we should probably say if there's anybody who's a a, a a guru with Instagram, we should go and call us up, man. We, we'll put anybody who would like to work for free um, as our media consultant, uh, yes, we'd love to have you. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so obviously the new Z is out right now. And uh, for those that don't know, um, this has been the uh, uh, the pricing. So, um, suggested manufacturer retail price fifty four thousand. Um, adjusted market value, basically the dealership markup seventy three thousand eight hundred and eleven eight hundred eighty one dollars. That's a seller asking price of one hundred and twenty nine thousand. Um, one twenty nine. Yeah, one twenty nine hundred twenty nine. Oh, that is high. Okay, I thought the one I remember seeing was probably like the low one hundreds. Yeah, so, I, the, so this is the biggest one I've seen. Yeah, so this is probably the biggest one I've seen, and people are just like, "That's crazy! I can't believe they they they're they're not going to be able to sell that car for that, or some crazy person's going to come and pay it." The reason why the outlandish markup is, and and I will say this in the defense of Nissan, and and they're getting the cars out there. There is definitely still limited production and availability of this car throughout the United States. Um, and yes. we can we can attest to this because we know for a fact, talking on this episode on this podcast as long as we have, that chip shortages are very much a real thing. There's Z's ready to go that um, just have chip shortage concerns. They can't be they can't get out. They can't go through QI um, without without this kind of stuff. So again, so what does a dealership do? They're like, hey, we got this great car. Can they sell it? Yeah, of course. They can get rid of it in ten minutes. Yeah. But what they do is they mark these cars up so they can at least keep them in the freaking showrooms so people can oh, at least yeah. have them there. So unless some to, crazy rich – To drool SO over for as long as possible. SOB maybe. comes through, they can say, hey, you know what? You can – if you really want this car, we'll sell it to you at this price, but we're just trying to keep it in the showroom for – um you know, uh, for people to enjoy. Because who uh, yeah. knows when we'll get the next one. I mean, this is a nice draw – to the to the dealership and what's happening is and i talked about you know i i had some pretty good insights from the last oh. episode 
um, that we did before the vacation. And we were just kind of talking offline and there was said, yeah, originally there was going to be more cars that were going to make it out to market. Um, there may not be as much and it's naturally going to happen because of the chip shortages and delays that are happening. Yeah. It's not Nissan's fault. All the manufacturers are kind of going through the exact same thing right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, but when they do get to the dealership, what's the point of it making it to the dealership just so I can end up in somebody's garage where yeah. nobody else can see it, you know? So, well, well, that's another reason too is, and I guess this maybe is a reason why I, you know, I also sympathize for Nissan and, and these other manufacturers is you got to imagine they have a finite, a limited amount of, ch of chips uh, or materials that they can make chips from. Yep. And they're, they are battling, uh, you know, are we building, uh, are we being innovative and dedicating some of this material and these chips to our, our new models? How many? So that we always have that, our customers see us as, you know, always bringing out these brand new innovative cars, which is very, very important for Nissan right now because of the whole Nissan Next and Ambition 2030 programs. They need to maintain that, 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 uh, that momentum uh, to their customers. But on the same hand, it's like, well, Again, with the same limited amount of materials, we got to keep the lights on. Okay, so what what car has the most margin? Uh, okay, probably the Altima. Okay, so there's that <laughs> balance. Like, where do you draw a line on the spectrum? X percentage going towards innovative new models. X percentage going into, you know, what keeps the lights on too. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of these uh, a lot of these cars that are coming out are probably the base model because they require less chips. Yeah, I would think you're probably 100% right. So, I mean, we just have to uh, we just have to kind of work our way through them and then uh, get through this craziness. Um, that w that is the price markups right now. So, yeah, don't uh, mm. don't be too mad at your local dealerships. They're just trying to keep vehicles in the showroom so people can kind of enjoy them. So, um, yeah. So don't uh, don't go over their pitchforks and torches just yet. Right. So, um, now, Mike, on yeah. that news talking about dealerships, uh, your mm. doom and gloom guy today. Um, um, I tried not to be, but yeah. <laughs> and, and I, it was my fault. I kind of put this up on our podcast and you can go back and find it, but there was some bad news about one of the newsies that did make it to the dealership Ooh. and, uh, got a little famous. I'll let you go ahead and take it. Oh man. Uh, well, I'm going to do some multitasking here. I'm going to search our mm -hmm. Facebook page. Um, get this video queued up for you guys <laughs> that are with us now. This, and it was surprising. Two things that surprised me about this video, um, well, I guess we'll go ahead and say it. We'll go ahead and say it. We essentially have video proof that this is most likely the first new Nissan Z to be. Would you say it's totaled miles? It, it's damaged uh, for sure. Airbags deployed. What would you call it? I don't know, man. Airbag deployment per airbag. Just to let you guys know, if you ever blow an airbag, three. It's usually going to be pricing of around three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars per airbag. So you start doing the math, but the markup on these cars is so high that I, it's going to save. I, I think it'll be fine. The so, uh, the door will need to be replaced. Uh, I'm, I, I'm scrolling. You're going to ask me. Right? This is my wheelhouse. This is what I do all day. Ooh, oh yeah, it's Mr. So, <laughs> Auto Adjuster. Brand new car. Brand new car. It doesn't matter. The markups on it going to be so high. I think it's going to save, and especially with a quarter panel. I, I yeah. yeah. If I remember, I'm going over it in my mind. But it's definitely a door replacement. You got airbag replacement. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it was like a quarter panel that is going to need a lot of hours or it's going to need a, uh, a new quarter panel piece. Just depends on what it is. But but it was pretty bad. But to be the first one, ooh, to be that yeah. kid that just drove oh, the car. 
here it is. Uh, so this is video here. I'm going to pause it just to let you guys uh, with us uh, take a look at what's going on oh, here. Yeah. That's a front totally fender, fender door, airbags. Uh, now this was okay. So here's a story. Here's the story. Okay, oh, there is. Let's just call it a porter, um, uh, young kid who works at the dealership. Now I heard the customer was at the dealership anticipating receiving the car at that very moment. And as you can see, it's raining outside. Um, this kid decides to give uh, press the gas a little bit longer. You're so excited, Miles. I can see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're gonna get Billy the Porter, my car. Billy. Okay. Yeah. A, come on, Billy. Bring it's it around. It's his second Billy. day. Yeah, and he's 16. Billy. Yeah, uh, Billy. Go who for knows? it. Billy. He Look goes what I can the, do. He goes around the corner, uh, decides to give the car a little extra gas, have some fun. Oh. Of course, doesn't know what he's got behind the wheel. Uh, not only is he damaged. Oh, yeah. this! You want to check this out? Hold my bang drink. All right. Uh. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Uh, uh, oh, look at that too. Oh man, the handle. Now, uh, not only did he, and this here's the thing. This is the rosewood metallic. I would say this is probably going to be one of your more limited uh, produced colors. Would you say? Because you think about it, this is, reminds me a lot of Brickyard. Brickyard was a limited color. You might only get this the first year. Uh, this might be a one year color. Yeah, I think this is a one year color. So. Who and knows? It's happening, right. and he, this guy also hits other uh, brand new trucks. This is—it's not like he hit a guardrail. He hit other vehicles that were not sold on the dealership lot. Uh, God damn, Billy! Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that it was this was his last day uh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just—I don't think his Porter <laughs> services. I—I I, I don't care how hardcore he parked cars or waxed cars after that. Billy's not keeping his job. Billy's not keeping his job. For oh, shame, Billy. Billy. For shame, Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy, Billy. Now, uh, again, I think the, where this happened uh, it was one of the first. Uh, I, I, I just could be wrong. Puerto Rico, Guam. I don't see any license plates. I can't really tell you where, but I want to say <laughs> it was. It was not in the for, in the main forty-eight. I want to say it was. Oh no, Magusta, Billy. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> well, either way. Oh, man. Yes, que yes. terrible. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Ay, no me gusta. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so that's pretty much, uh, I thought we were done with all the bad doom and gloom. Um, you know, and just to let you know, we're going to throw these quick ones in there because there's been a lot of news as of late. Mm. So, and just so we can get all the hate out. Um, these are just quick little blurbs. Let the We're not show let, the article. Let all this, the hate this out. This is the uh, the dark side of the forest. Just yeah, let this it is out all the today. dark. And then we're going to move after this to some some other fun stuff. So for those that don't know and didn't see the article, California is potentially proposing to ban the sale of all gas-powered vehicles uh, starting in 2035. So that's That is a – I think mm-hmm. – now, of course, there is, I'm sure, a uh, ju- judicial process or a, yeah, I'm sure. le- a, le- a legislative yeah. process that makes this actually go into effect. Yeah. I don't think it's there yet. I don't know if it's going to pass. That's, That's a very uh, Karen-ish, Karen-ish statement. But, uh, yeah. Oh, I w- well, yeah. in our favor, because I, I don't want it to go through, obviously. I mean, that's, that's 13 years from now. Okay, well... I guess maybe they have better foresight into the future. I don't know if 13 years is going to oh, cut Oh, yeah. It. I'm sure California's got a better foresight oh, into California. the future yeah, than yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah. us. Yeah, they've done so great so far. If you're in California, by the way, we love California. Um, if our demographics are high in California, we love you. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you don't listen, you're from California, then 
<laughs> work on your work on your problems. Moving on, um, Australia. Uh, for those that are listening from uh, that side of the pond, Australia is restricting auto loans. Are potentially going to uh, Australian banks are going to be restricting auto loans of gas-powered vehicles starting in 2025. Again, also much, a very Karenish statement, but it seemed pretty harsh, bro. I'm like, that's and much much sooner. I mean, now I don't know what the um, what the population's like, the percentage of EVs that are currently on. Uh, uh, in Australia, so I don't know whether maybe it's more attainable uh, than it is here in the states. But uh, I mean, here in the states, for example, less than uh, the number is definitely in the single digits of the percentage of EVs on the roads. So that's why I feel like even twenty thirty five is is still too soon. Uh, Australia may be different though, uh, but it, it does seem like a, uh, a very strong leap, no matter how you look at it. I know, crazy, right? So I don't know. I just wanted to throw those out there. We'll, we'll run past those because we've got a lot to cover here today. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, let's go into motorsports. And I want to start off, since we're in doom and gloom mode, we're going to just mm-hmm. squash all the doom and gloom. And I want to talk about Ooh. one hell of a race that worked out in Nissan's Mr. favor. Sunshine, Miles Hall, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Over the last period um, of racing for the Super GT Series. Um, and let me see here if I can, um, talk a little bit about that, but, um, we threw the, um, the, uh, I guess the, the quick results from it up here on the uh, Facebook page over the last few days. Cause it just ended, uh, recently, uh, let me see here mm-hmm. and let me know when you got that mic. Sure. Um, but, and I'll run this in the background. whenever it comes up but uh for those that followed the super gt race that actually just occurred through the um through round five in the suzuka circuit um it was uh pretty intense um the we'll start off with saturday on the 27th with the practice um practice overall for the 500 series again it's 500 and 300 series uh we had the moto Altec z actually putting in a, a soft second place um, and they were set up to be really good competitively for the day. Craft, Craft Sports Motul Z was coming out of fourth. And then the Calsonic Impulse Z sitting around eighth for the uh, the practice for the day. Um, now yeah. we get into Saturday's qualifying and things change a little bit. Let me see here. Now, this is actually the race that we're going to be showing you here on the screen. And this was the layout at lap 62. So for qualifying, I uh, wasn't bad. The, um, for the 500 series, the Moto Altec Z ended up sitting on the pole. Um, and then underneath that, mm-hmm. the NSX and then another NSX. And then it was all the way down for the, uh, realized advanced C in sixth, the Calsonic, um, impulse C was sitting in 15th place in qualifying. Mm-hmm. Now, for the actual Sunday's race, uh, let me okay. see if I can get through this silly advertisement, but <laughs> let me see here. But getting through that, the actual, the advertisement, um, <laughs> get off the screen. Yeah. Um, so so but, the story is about Calsonic, is that what you're saying? Yeah, the story is going to be about Calsonic here as we go through. And, uh, and I'll show you that Motul is actually uh, going up with uh, first and second place. And there's a bit of a runoff that's going to happen here in just a moment. Ooh. And uh, you keep watching it. 
and it gets pretty interesting. And I, let, you can watch that, and I'll keep talking. Yeah, here. I'm watching. Ah, there you go. There's your runoff Ooh, right whoa, there. Whoa, in the grass, in the yeah. grass. And it that's, happens that's really quick. Very so, dangerous, too, yeah. I'll get you a little bit of a replay on that. Woo. That could have been so bad, dude. The fact Now, this is important because yeah. Calsonic's position at that time, of course, the the Motul team and, of course, the Calsonic team are having a bit of words. Talking having about words. Should, <laughs> having words about what should happen from that point. So what's going to happen from this point? The Calsonic team basically needs to fight their way to the front of the pack um, if they're standing any type of a chance. Three laps to go in this race, um, and they're giving this vehicle the beans. Um, and you can watch it to the end. Hell of a race. Calsonic ends up taking uh, first place um, and winning it um, oh, oh, here. There it, is, there it is. The overtake. Is it going to stick? That's it. That's it. Right there. Oh, was it just by a hair? What, it was. That, that well, this was, the, this was the overtake at the three laps. And then from there, oh, he's goodness. gone. Okay. He secured it. Oh man! And look at that! Look at that! Just gone. How, how's and the now European he's just now he's just got to maintain. That's brilliant. And then yeah. yeah. Wow. And Hoshino is just kind of watching as team manager just patiently. So but Calsonic. He, yeah. yeah. And then so they ended up taking uh, first place um, for the round five at Suzuka in the 500 series. Um, and the uh, Stemo NSX, which had been chasing him and pretty much leading the pack all day, ended up taking second, uh, the Denso Super in third, and then the Craft Sports Motul Z uh, ended up putting in fourth. The Motul Altec Z, for whatever reason, stumbled their way back down. Uh, they made their way into fifth place uh, officially in the 500 class for the day. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, one heck of a race. And there's your, that, there's your results for the day. That's a great story. So from 15th, to first, mm -hmm. and, and it seemed to be a bit of a hiccup, an unknowingness as to whether or not there could have been a penalty uh, uh, or whatnot, and still being resilient. And getting, yeah, they, first they, place. and early on they were talking about you know race results for the um, for the day. They were uh, preemptive, if you will, um, where they were kind of talking about it, and they were like, "Well, in case there's any situations that are going to come above that." Um, that's <laughs> what the day was going to go through talking a little bit about the 300 class in qualifying for Saturday, uh, the Tanax gainer GTR, um, actually took qualifying sitting at the top of the pole for that date. The realize, uh, Nissan mechanic challenge GTR, um, actually ended up putting in fourth place. And let's see here, the finish out for the race for the 300, um, unfortunately didn't go to the, uh, um, the gainer GTR. They ended up taking second place, uh, for the day. And then the next Nissan in the line would be the realized Nissan mechanic, um, challenge GTR, um, didn't get into 13, uh, got into 13th place. So not wow. the worst day. Um, but they were still finishing in the points, at least for the gainer team for the uh, GTR. So, yeah, one hell of a day for those guys, um, at least in the 500 class. Great day for Nissan. So um, I was, impressive. yeah, I was really happy with that um, race result. And again, one heck of a race. I think we threw the full race up on the um, Facebook page if you want to go back and check it out. Um, now, the next uh, round that's going to be coming up here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll give you those details momentarily. Um, but yeah, the next race is going to be coming up here fairly soon. 
and I apologize. My computer's working a little slow today. But this will be round six at Sugo. Um, and that's going to be occurring here on the 17th and the 18th. Um, we'll obviously, if we can, we'll try to give you the live setup or at least the um, the end results and a quick recap of the race as we continue on. So we still have uh, round six, seventh, and eighth, uh, finishing up at Moteji for the final round. Six, seven, and eight. It's getting close. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's uh... – I know, uh, you know, you had shared a lot of the Super GT updates on our Facebook page, and I was, that was a few of those where I was reading as you were uh, uh, dropping them, and yeah, it seemed like a very, very uh, exciting time. Uh, uh, a lot of achievement there, a lot of challenges uh, that they that they uh, um, endured and uh, and and persevered, I guess you could say. So, okay. Awesome. Um, I wanted to go back a little bit. Brad uh, commented in from Australia, and he says, here in Australia, there's almost no EVs available and almost none on the road. And, you know, I kind of felt that when we dropped that mm. news article. And it, like I said, it's a very Karen-ish statement because it's pretty <laughs> bold. And then Brad actually underneath it uh, chimed in. He goes, that story about car loan restrictions for ICE uh, cars in Australia is a beat up. The, the bank making that statement is a newly emerging startup bank only definitely not mainstream and it kind of felt like that so uh, again we're gonna we're gonna backpedal a little bit and i'm gonna go ahead and take Uh, the i'm gonna take brad's lead on that one i would say that's probably um it's borderline fake news if you will um with us but i love the fact that we've got a uh, some boots on the ground man thank you brad this <laughs> thank is you, awesome brad. appreciate that yes um but uh yeah let's talk a little bit about motorsports going back to it formula e a lot Ooh. of changes uh mr doom and gloom um <laughs> happening in formula e um so go ahead and uh, tell well, us uh, and give us the world uh, i really hope happening. that this yeah this this the second half of the show <laughs> here guys i think i should be much more positive i think that uh, a lot of that's taken care of so uh, let me share this with you. Uh, I'm going to share my screen here. Uh, let's go for it. Now, uh, now you got to think about the last time we, we left off, Miles, talking about Formula E and the Nissan E-Dams team, uh, which was mid-July. Since then, there have been six rounds, uh, three weekends, uh, that were back-to-back races. So six rounds we have not been able to recap I'm going to do my best to uh, recap those uh, ever so briefly and kind of give you an idea of where uh, Nissan has essentially wound up. Uh, hate to be a spoiler, but yeah, the Formula E season for 2022 has ended. Uh, there's not much more left to report in terms of races, uh, aside from what I'm about to uh, to share with you guys. So uh, let's go ahead and just get into it. Uh, again, six rounds, uh, two in New York, two in London and two in South Korea uh, that happened here within the last uh, six weeks. Now, our two drivers, Sebastian Buemi and Maximilian Gunther. Uh, in terms of points, uh, the two in New York, uh, let's, see, let's, start, let's show you what they finished. Uh, first round in New York, Buemi finished in fifth. That brought home 10 points for the Nissan team, which is impressive. You know, uh, very, very good. Uh, Gunther came in 12th. That brings zero points. Second race, uh, no points that either driver were able to provide the team. Uh, so 10 points uh, in New York. When you move on into London, uh, the following uh, two rounds, uh, Buemi came in an, in 11th, Gunther in 8th. Uh, in total, that's four points that uh, these drivers were able to provide uh, the Formula E team, the Nissan Formula E team. Uh, second round, uh, Buemi. 
captures sixth place, brings in eight points. Gunther brings in uh, zero, uh, sadly, uh, 15th place. Uh, and then the last round, rounds 15 and 16 in Seoul, South Korea. Buemi had a uh, d uh, DNF. Uh, Gunther came in and 11th. Uh, no points there. However, in the second race of that weekend, Buemi comes in ninth place. That's two points for Nissan team. Gunther had a DNF um, in that one as well. Uh, now, I should say this. Now, within these last races, the drivers have probably brought in more points in these last six races than they have uh, in, the, in, in the previous ten, uh, or at least the last previous five. Uh, honestly, I want to say this performance of both of them has been uh, uh, an improvement uh, over previous season, previous uh, rounds. Well, uh, is there a reason for that? I mean, is there? A, it, it seems like they were racing their... Are they racing their last races? <laughs> well, uh, maybe you're getting it. You could say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let me, uh, let me, let me, uh, what's the word? I'm going to the dessert and, and we're still you're ordering drinks. for the dessert, Miles. Yeah, I'm still ordering <laughs> drinks. Yeah, there it is, there it is. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So, I'm, what I wanted to share here, these are the standings. The team standings for the 2022 season, Formula E. The Nissan Edams team came in in ninth uh, for this season. That's the 36 points. And again, if you look at that, 36 points over the last six weeks. Uh, let me see, 10, 4, uh, 16 of those have been within the last three weeks. So that's almost half of their points. That's that upswing I was telling you about in terms of their performance. Um, now, in general, though, Nissan uh, team came in at, at uh, ninth as a constructor out of 11 teams. Um this has been part of a steady, uh, or so I would say almost rapid decline that the uh, the team has made in recent years. I made a chart for you, Miles, because that's what oh, nerds do. pie yeah. chart. Yeah, oh, pie, nah, not even there's that. no pie chart. Line chart, line chart. Okay. Boo. So what I'm wanting to show you here, this is every year that Nissan and or Renault at the time have been involved in Formula E. The first three years, they were actually first as a constructor. Uh, following, uh, move up to fifth, uh, which is actually, you want to be first, right? So they moved down to fifth, uh, over the next two years, got as good as being second place as a constructor. Uh, that was, uh, two years ago. Now these last two years, especially these last two years that we've been reporting this miles, uh, last year they were uh, 10th place as a constructor. And again, this year as ninth place in the, as a constructor, that is a very, very steep decline. You know what it is? What's been, maybe, what's maybe it's us. Maybe it's us. Though. Maybe we're maybe, the bad luck. Charm. Maybe we're the bad luck charm. Maybe we are putting the kibosh on these guys and <laughs> we just ruin people, uh, ruin people's lives by just being fans. So I don't maybe know. we should step off a little bit. I'm we, just you think we should take a step back? And uh... no, not at all. We're going to support these guys all the way to the yeah, end. Yeah, so yeah. let's yes. talk a little bit about um, what's happening for next year. Right. So uh, now, since the 2022 season has ended, <laughs> yes, the Nissan Formula E team has made a lot of big changes. And like you said, these are this is for the 2023 season. Uh, sadly, let's just go ahead and rip the bandaid off. Sebastian Buemi and Maximilian Gunther will no longer be part of the Nissan Edams team Damn, uh, for 2023. Uh, both... Walking papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now this last season here was Gunther's first year um, with Nissan, so maybe not. Let's, let's just say maybe the sting didn't hurt 
too much with Gunther. Uh, yeah. Still a, a great performing guy. I hope he does well. Now, I think Just, the real big, the emotional part, I would say, is Sebastian Buemi. He's been with the team since since day one, since day one. season one, uh, when, back when it was Renault at the time. And uh, he went ahead. Uh, actually, part of here is a very heartfelt message, a farewell to, to his the Edam's name and uh, it, uh, its legacy and, and Formula E. Um uh, Again, uh, no longer part of the Nissan team. Who knows where he'll wind up? Uh, there is not. I have not seen any updates as far uh, Sebastian as a driver where he will end up. Uh, I don't know whether it's behind the wheel or as a commentator. We don't. I mean, I personally cannot uh, speculate per se. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for bumming me out again. <laughs> God, this, uh, you know what? Next, we're gonna make a point that the next episode we do. Uh, no, no downers, no downers. That's can can we agree to that right now? Uh, we'll save the recalls for yeah, yeah. Why don't? <laughs> so it's gonna be just me reporting. So because I know you love the. I'm gonna glue, go ahead and so. take the day off. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you want to talk about the? So it sounds like Nissan's also picked out new drivers for the 2023 season, which is kind of crazy. To. They just emptied their cubbies. Now they're being filled by new guys. Uh, who are our new drivers? All right, you ready to butcher some names? Yeah, let's do this. Let's go for it. All right, our next two drivers for the uh, Nissan Formula E team. Uh, these are these guys here. Look at those, look at those dudes. Uh, Norman Nato, Nato perhaps, uh, and Sancha Fanestras. That's who actually, I'm going to go with that. Actually, no, dude. I think you hit it 100%. You think so? Yeah. So All right, cool. If, uh, Mr. Fanestras, if you're on with us here tonight, which you probably are not, um, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down if we got the pronunciation <laughs> right. Put the acento where we needed to put the acento. So moving on. Yeah, so again, uh, Sancho Fenestras and Normanato are going to be the new drivers for the 2023 season. Very, very cool. Um, also a bit of a name change. I guess we're wiping off, uh, changing out the badge as well for the team. Is that right? Yes, yes. So, you know, we actually reported this in the last episode, how uh, actually this throughout the entire 2022 season, uh, Nissan and the EDAMS team have made a, a number of, of changes throughout the 2022 season. Uh, that being, uh, the EDAMS team was once owned by a particular person, let's say the family, uh, and has since been uh, changed to, I guess, 100% full ownership by Nissan. Uh, you know, maybe with that being said, uh, the name itself is the Nissan Formula E team. EDAMS is no longer part of the title. So going forward, Nissan Formula E team. Uh, oh, I think man. this this rebranding of the team, the rebrand, uh, the new drivers, these are huge, huge changes that we Nissan talked is about making. this like yes. maybe, I don't know, probably three episodes back. And we're like, I bet you anything, <clears throat> Nissan likes to do this massive wave of change from time to time. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes they'll do it with drivers and racing teams or <clears throat> management for those racing teams. And it's just like, it comes through this big, crazy change and it's for the good of the brand. And I get it, but I don't know what, you know, time will tell. So we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. And, and now you got to um, combine this with things that we've reported previous, previously yeah. as well. The 2023 season will have the brand new gen three formula e car this I car has that. yeah you're getting a power bump i think it's at a 200 horse power bump i want to say it's going from 600 to 800 or 800 yeah to, you're, yeah they're starting yeah. to the whole series is actually it seems like they're going to start bringing on more power and then the yeah. racetracks 
from what I've read, are going to be starting to be a little more. They're going to give them these uh, these horses a little more room to gallop. Oh, um, they have what, to. They have, they have to. to. And and so, which will make for hopefully more of an exciting season, yep. which will kind of move. I'm still curious about the rumor that Netflix is going to pick up Formula Formula <laughs> E for. You've been sticking that. to that one for a while. I, I, would, hope, I would love I to hope, see it. I yeah. hope it's a real thing. I hope it actually kind of happens. It's been a rumor up until now, but maybe one day. So it worked very well for the Formula One. Uh, oh, very well. It, re- it revived all everything that's happening in Formula. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> we'll move on from there. Uh, that and then also you got to remember this. Uh, we, uh, sorry, Nissan is supplying their Gen Three engines to Team McLaren, who is entering Formula E in 2023. So yep. you've got Nissan powertrains on not just two but four vehicles that are entry for every race in the 2023 season. These yep. are big numbers. This makes me think that Nissan, obviously, this is what we're seeing now is obviously a uh, result of years of development and and business uh agreements and deals you know so uh, backdoor really have... deals <laughs> backdoor so, deals so uh, all right well moving yeah. on but yeah let's get off of formula e um you know we'll get ready here for the next season um yep. but very very cool stuff um you know um yeah uh, look for us as we begin to open up the season obviously we're going to talk about it talk about these new drivers and give you a little bit of what's happening on the media side um, as it's uh, unloaded onto the world. Um, a few things we need to talk about. Centra Cup, um, our favorite Canadian Centra-based um, <laughs> series, Centra and March-based series. Um, still an awesome series. Uh, Mike, I'll let you kind of share the page on that one. But no problem. Um, for those that don't know, I mean, we've been gone, Mike, like I said, for roughly six weeks. And uh, we've missed, um, actually, it was two different race events held but it was a total of four different races that we missed. So yes. a lot to kind of cover. And I'm going to keep this very brief for the, for the perseverance of time, which sure. we usually don't follow, but <laughs> um, races five and six and races seven and eight are the ones that we need to cover. Um, July 22nd, 24th race fifth, five and six was actually the circuit Mont Treblant. Um, and uh, so that was the summer classic race weekend um, for those that didn't get a chance. Uh, just a brief um, talking about the results from the event. So let's see here for the, oh my gosh, one second. Uh, race five. Um, I'm just going to give you the leaders on this one to keep Z for, for everybody. Yeah, it's a little, uh, race it's a little five, hard, Kevin yeah. King. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, Alexander, 14, uh, ended up taking first on that. Justin Arsenault um, ended up taking second. And Oliver Bedard ended up third. Um, now, what's funny about this race yeah. um, is um, we've been following the same few people as leaders. Yes. And then you, you've got just some people that are just kind of killing it, as it were. Um, talk about a little bit about driver positions as we move forward throughout the season. Um, but uh, let's see here. For race six, uh, Simon uh, Charbonneau um, ended up giving in first. Valerie uh, Limos, you want to talk about butchery, um, second place. And then Oliver Bedard in uh, third place um, for race number six. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, moving on from there, um, we've got August 5th and August 7th race. Uh, that was seven and eight. Okay. Now, 
Race number seven was Justin Arsenault in first place, Alexander 14 in second place, Kevin King coming in in third. Um, and then round eight um, was actually Kevin King, Sovin Ulet, um, and Eric Chabut. Um, they actually ended up, uh, that was where your leaders were for those races. Now, as a whole for the, uh, for the, the race series, we still have two more race dates, which basically constitutes as four more races, four race races, nine and 10 yeah. race 11 and 12 race nine and 10 will actually be coming up just this weekend, September uh, 2nd through the 4th at Canadian tire motorsports park in Ontario. Um, and then the last rate will actually last race will be back at the circuit Montreblanc. Um, and that'll be um, the end of September. So by the time we come back for the next episode, Mike, we'll have covered nine and 10, and then we'll be setting up for the last race of the year, which will be race 11 and 12. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, it's, it, uh, this is our second year covering the micro slash, you know, center cup. And uh, it's been a bit of a challenge to, to really keep track. Cause there are so many names. There, there's, I think this year, at least from what I've seen here, 39 entries. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not to say that every driver competes in every race. That's not exactly the requirements nope. as part of this league. Some people have only competed in one round. Some have competed as many as all all eight. Yeah. And, and right, it's these names that you mentioned. Um, you, I think the one that stuck out to me the most was Kevin King. Kevin um, King. He's, he's been up there along with uh, another gentleman, Justin Arsenault. He's yeah. been up there too as well quite a bit. Uh, but then you've got your uh, your, your one-offs that, that'll take a race or two. Um, I just wish there was more publication, uh, quite honestly, for the event. I wish there was more marketing for it. I want to see more of race. I want to see race recaps. Um, unfortunately, we don't get as much as we would like to here on our yeah. side. Um, but again, if you uh, truly love the series or, you know, are just a big fan of Nissan, um, send messages into the centricup.com um, website. And let them know, hey, provide us with some coverage. Can we get media updates on the website? You know, just have a media option. Um, we've actually sent them emails too as well saying, hey, we're trying to support your event. Um, let's get it out there. Let, let's talk about the drivers. Get driver interviews. Put them up here on the website. Um, you know, right. uh, with a little bit more, cause we really want to support Nissan's endeavors to keep this up as a racing cup series. Cause this is truly grassroots racing. Um, if you were with a little bit of sponsorship, um, from Nissan, but I think this is amazing. And, uh, I would love to keep continuing to cover this, yeah. um, and getting some actual real racing footage would be awesome. <laughs> but from time to time, it, it seems pretty hard to kind of go and dig for this stuff. But again, we'll keep you updated as we go through. We still got uh, four more races to cover. Um, moving on from here, uh, Mike, yes. something we always cover every year is the all-females rebel rally, um, all-female driver rebel rally that has actually uh, kind of become favorite for you and me. Um, and we, I think this is coming up here pretty soon, right? It is. It is. Uh, so this is going to be the third year that we cover this. Uh, the Rebel Rally, like you said, uh, all the teams are uh, uh, female teams. Um, it is eight days of competition, uh, over 1,500 miles uh, of t stunning terrain, they call it, uh, across the Nevada and California deserts. Uh, it's a race. It's not a race for speed, but a unique and demanding ba uh, event based on the elements of, of, of headings. Um, they said here, uh, uh, hidden checkpoints, 
uh, time, distance. Uh, they're using maps, compass, compasses, uh, a road book. There's no GPS, no, no cell GPS. phones allowed. Yeah. That's the big challenge, too. Uh, they're using – I think they have a really good picture here that kind of explains what they're doing. You know, Again, that's the road maps. That's the, the graph, the, the compass that they're having to use uh, each day. Uh, being the, the same type of challenge going through the deserts here uh, and, and the western yeah and there's the really nothing else that's out there like this and, yeah. and I mean this is not Baja 1000 you know what I mean yeah. where you're you're out there pre-running you know this is this is it you've got to figure it out I mean it's truly it tests a lot more skills than you would think I mean it's it's there's a yeah. mental capacity there's definitely a grit factor that goes into it as well and yep. also the survivability of the vehicle and and your co-driver and your navigator, you know, it's just, yeah, there's a lot that goes into this. And my, uh, me and Mike kind of talked about the, you know, the, uh, the sheer just uh, uh, level of commitment that has to kind of go into these eight days for these uh, women that are driving these cars. So again, um, I, I personally don't think there's, there's not enough support and definitely not enough media support for this event. Uh, there is a little bit, but I think there should be more, which is why we try to cover this and yep. we're, we love it. Uh, I mean, well, we've been watching it. So, well, not only that though, but Nissan is, <coughs> uh, had, there are Nissan entries in this race. Uh, for example, last year, this is actually the rebel rally was actually an arena, if you will, for the brand new Nissan Frontier at the time. The new Frontier competed in this last year. It was sort of and here's the here's the cool part. Once this race was over, let's say this time, let's say September of last year, they took that same truck to SEMA. They didn't even wash it. That was the intention. They took this dirty sand filled truck and put it uh, in the middle of SEMA to kind of show uh, its capabilities, where it's been, uh, what it's handled. Uh, and so uh, last year there was a team, and, and I'm, the name it escapes me, as we get closer to the actual events, which happens October 6th through 15th of this year, we're going to go ahead and give you some more details, especially Nissan's history uh, with this event. Uh, teams have not yet been announced, so uh, I'm very confident there will be a Nissan team, multiple Nissan teams. Again, last year there was at least two that I recall. Um, uh, we should hear more. If, if you are interested in learning more about this, you can go to rebelrally.com and, and let you know more about it. But uh, as in the coming weeks here, we'll go ahead and you know, share uh, the, what Nissan teams are competing and as well uh, where they finished uh, this year. Very cool, man. Yeah, thanks again for uh, for taking the time to kind of cover that. And like I said, just uh, not too far off the horizon for that, October 6th through 15th. We'll keep you updated as we move forward. Um, we're running on time here, Mike, but I know we wanted to talk a little bit about a special segment that we had. Um, let's just do it. Um, so we had a car feature that had come up that we both liked, um, and we just started kind of talking about it, which is always a cool thing. Um, but you found this online. Uh, we want to talk about it a little bit. I did. I did. Uh, this was actually uh, the, an article from this year. Uh, now that I look at it, a little bit later. But, however, still very impressive. And we here at the Nissan Nerd Podcast has not, have not uh, showcased this build, this car feature. So let's go ahead and just get into it. Uh, I will share my screen on this. Uh, what you're looking at here, ladies and gentlemen, is a Nissan Figaro with a uh, Honda S2000 engine. Uh, the powertrain, although it is impressive, 
it's yeah we I really get it, it it's not brand <laughs> we, we know that it's being powered by a honda but yes. the whole thing is the amount of work and um uh, that had gone into the body. I mean, this yes. wide body uh, Figaro is just, uh, yep. I mean, to me and Mike, it, it's just well executed and it's stunning quite honestly. So, and uh, I, there is a full gallery that I'll be sharing here in just a second. Um, now I've known, I've known about the, the Figaro for a while. We actually have a friend out of Houston who, who, who's brought one over to our, uh, Tenismo Fiesta in the past. Um, very fun car. They were all from Japan. They were all right-hand drive. Um, they were very underpowered in the stock form. It was a one-liter four-cylinder turbo engine. Uh, they was, uh, I believe, in the uh, late 80s, or, uh, 89, 91, early 90s is when this car had come, in, had come out. And it looks nothing like what you're looking at in this picture. Actually, again, Miles, you know me in pictures. That's what it looks like. When you get that's one what from a Nissan factory. Figaro looks like to me, yeah, exactly. Yes, it's that mint color, which I want to say was a very, very popular color, it may have been the only color. I mean, that's the only it, color it, I've seen it to me. It's a throwback to the old, almost like Prince era, you know, going back yes. to the old Roadster days, um, you know, almost to the Nissan Roadster. I mean, yeah, they were already chasing sporty colors and getting out of those type of colors. But yeah, I mean, it's a throwback to those days of of a little more elegance and fun, you know, that kind of went into cars at that time. So, yep. Now, and, and that was the first thing that really impressed me with this build because this is probably one of the first times that I recall seeing this car, uh, the Figaro, in red, uh, which I'll get back to right here. And then the first thing that really struck to me is that red was also a, one of the most most produced colors of we're talking about the roadsters of the 60s the the, the fair lady roadster oh. and just in red alone i never made the connection sad me you know this looks like a modern version again early 90s version of a fair lady roadster um now it is a hard top i believe it has, has that cloth yeah i think in the uh, front top. you kind of see it in the mouth a little bit but i think yeah. where you truly see it is right there in the tail end. it's just the lights tail you know lights. to me the lights and the slope of the rear i mean yeah the trunk design's a little different and, and obviously changed up but i don't know and then the fact that the the, the top and the color layout is yes it just to me it's it kind of screams or, or feels very uh, very much like uh, like the Roadster setup. Um, Ion yes. chimed in here. He said 1991. Yes. And then uh, Randall uh, Thompson chimed in. He said four colors available. <laughs> I guess he did four his colors. research. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Thank the, the, you. Thank he goes, yeah. He goes, obviously, this is the power plant, um, which is the uh, S2000 motor. But I mean, just the way they laid everything out with the suspension um, right. and, and the, uh, the amount of uh, detail that was put into it, Regardless of the power plant or not, what um, is just something to uh, to give the nod of approval, in my opinion. But uh, again, but, yeah, but I, right I there. Do. Oh man! Again, you look. It's it's an it's impressive build. Um, again, just this was the first time I really connected the dots with uh, the, the Fair Lady Roadsters. Uh, you know, of, of the 60s there, uh, especially the headlights. You've got those, yeah. those classic sealed beam moon eyes uh, front end. Uh, the suspension is not stock. Look at this. No, I mean, it's not whatsoever. Yeah, this is all meant for road uh, uphill running and, and whatever else this thing's going to be thrown into. I mean, this is going to be insane. But, yep. you know, I think this is going to be a beast and we'll try to keep an eye out for it as we uh, 
as we uh, see it around yeah. through social media. But yeah, it just kind of caught us and we thought you folks might uh, get a kick out of it. So kudos. Now, fun fact about this uh, car, Miles, uh, it was mentioned in this article that when it comes to the Nissan Figaro, Nissan only intended to make 8,000 units. <laughs> But by, there was such an overwhelming demand for this vehicle that they made an extra 12,000 more. So there's right. 20,000 of these Figaro's that were, Figaro's that were produced, um, and those extra 12,000 were sold through a lottery system. So it gives me the impression <laughs> that even an additional 12,000 more was still not enough. They had to go through a lottery system to sort of... I could see some that, sort of you know, fairness in their there, sales. You know, we here in the United States don't see a lot of it, but in other like European countries, in Japan and Asian markets, there is a lot of um, love for like inner city cars. And what I mean by that is like city, small, tiny commuter based cars. And the Figaro kind of falls into that just much like the Micra does and, and other ve small vehicles like that, that just have a lot of following and a lot of um, uh, purchasability. Um, and I just think that the Figaro was one of those cars and it makes sense that it was the right car for the right time, which is why, you know, they had something where they had to sell 23,000 <laughs> units that, you know, I mean, what it, the math on that's what an extra, what 14,000 units or something more than they ever anticipated something like that. It's so, huge. Yeah. An extra 12,000, yeah. right? It's, that's, 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 crazy. More, that's over a hundred percent more than their intentional plants. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's glass because of the overwhelming demand it seemed obviously that the extra production they put into this vehicle was a safe decision. They know they would sell. I mean, this is, wow. you got to think about it. This story is 30 years old, over 30 years old. This car is over 30 years old. Uh, the fact that they had uh, this type of demand. And it doesn't uh, that, look like, nice it, right to me, it that. doesn't look like a car from, from the nineties at all. I mean, it, it still doesn't. looks like it would be late 2000, um, you know, uh, early two thousands, even to the mids, you know, it, it just has that look yeah. about it. Um, but you know, here I think here that we has are. a lot to do with the craftsmanship. Uh, the, the guy who actually put this together too. I mean, this yeah. uh, the the two tone uh, again in this color scheme, the red with the black top. It reminds me of the Roadster with uh, the hard top that's on it. Yeah, uh, it, very much so. And then the, uh, I I couldn't agree more. Quite honestly, the, so. the amount of custom parts on this thing. Uh, also, I started thinking about it. Let's just go ahead and go full circle on this. And compare it if this was uh, like the new Z. If there was such an overwhelming demand for this car in stock form in the early 90s, and there was a lottery system, what kind of MRP, MSRP markups do you think this thing would have had? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, to me, you're kind of following. I mean, what it, what it's you have to think about. Okay, what's it competing against? And and that's the first thing. I mean, to me, it kind of falls into the line with like Mini Coopers, but Coopers are kind of bastardized right now. I mean, they're they're practically. I mean, they've they've stretched them out. They've SUV'd them. They've convertible. I mean, they they've taken a design and just done about every weird. Thing that you would want mm -hmm. beetles i mean it's kind of following into that same market of like volkswagen beetles and uh you know the fiat um yeah. the 500 you know I, I it kind of goes against that i wouldn't even throw it in the ring with a smart car but well, i mean i mean but, 91 i mean none of that was out you know yeah so i'd say you'd yeah. be you'd be reaching in the in the neighborhood of the 30s uh, for yeah. something like that. So it's hard to say right now. Everything is all over the damn place with pricing. <laughs> yeah. 
And I mean, you know, it's hard to say with markup and uh, the way the world is right now. It's until things settle down, we won't know what's going on with anything for pricing. But very cool card, needless to say. Um, moving forward, um, you also wanted to uh, have a bit of a back alley chat here tonight, didn't you? Well, I did. Um, uh, well, I and I I wanted you to to kind of spend some time, and we you came up with a really good topic, and we'll get into it. But it's been a while. I mean, not only has it been a six week break, but you know, we uh, haven't done a back alley chat. We haven't done a, yeah. a, a true back alley chat. So uh, that was really uh, the idea. But, uh, well, with yeah. a back alley chat, I, I, you know, we let's just dive right into it. So, I, you know, we were could, kind of just spitballing and talking about things that, you know, we wanted to kind of talk about or what we would basically be talking about in a parking lot at 10 o'clock at night when we should probably be home doing something more productive. <laughs> but we're passionate, and that's what this is all about. That's exactly what Back Alley Chat's all about. So, um, you know, we started getting into talking about, like, this whole JDM engine, you know, uh, swapping that people were kind of doing. And, and what prompted me this is, is an article that we actually – um, listed on our Facebook page um, that came in from Moto IQ, where it was talking about um, the the greatness, nothing short of, for the um, uh, the KA uh, twenty four um, okay. DE, which was actually uh, one hell of an engine, and, and you know, of course, the the Nissan guru, Mr. Mike Kojima. I'll give mm -hmm. a little sign of the cross just to uh, for, the, <laughs> for the God that he is. Uh, for, yeah. but, uh, thanks to Mr. Mike Kojima for everything he does with the Moto IQ. It's just, it's, it's my Bible page. It's like, I absolutely love it. But he was talking about the K24 and how it's just a very underrated motor. And he talked about the development through all the years that it went through coming out of a, a, the design came out of the UK market um uh, in the european cars and then nissan basically went and developed it and then just kept developing it and kept developing it until what we got which was the ka24 de and then people would didn't love the ka24 because everybody had to have the sr20 because they wanted the turbo uh version of it but the reality is the ka24 mm -hmm. is such an unbelievable engine and i've always kind of said the same thing i've never yeah. really fallen into the sr20 um market just be just because the pricing kind of got out of uh, the drift taxes if you will kind yeah. of got crazy and it just made the oh. it made the engine unattainable and then and and the ka24s were just such a for a while there they, they were kind of throwaway engines nobody really wanted them i remember i got a call one time and a guy said hey um i've got four k24s that are recently just rebuilt um that we used for um consumer testing which was basically they were doing testing for like popular mechanics and they were testing fuel and these were their platform engines that they were using to test like fuel additives um, yeah. for, for that. And I got the call and it was like, yeah, you can have each one of these engines for like 200 bucks. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with 4k 24? <laughs> um, you know, of course I wish in hindsight, I wish I would have kept them, but, but the reality is, was, so what is the whole purpose of chasing this now SR 20 DET for let's call it $5,000. And then you still have to do the swap, which is another six or $7,000, all that to do to get that engine in there. Did that engine actually add value or 
did it take away? You know, it, it, are we are you winning in cool factor? Or are you winning in actually adding value back to the car? Well, and we'll just take the S13. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, we'll, what, take, what we'll, we'll take factory an S13 form platform. We'll take the SR20, it, which yeah. is where that whole, where it really kind of um, became popularized. We'll, we'll say it at that. So we'll take okay. your S13 hatchback. We'll take this back 15 years when everything was still attainable, or we'll take it back 10 years when it was still attainable to get an S uh, an SR20 shipped. Over, we'll say even the front clip, right? Because back then they were mm-hmm. still chopping clips before idiots were trying to <laughs> weld on front clips because they were lazy. So you get it all done. Now, did this actually add value to the car or did it actually, was it just something very, very cool to do? Uh, and I'm uh, it, assuming it, you're asking me, that's my opinion on this. Yeah, I'm right? asking so, your opinion. So, at a bar minimum, my thing is always just make sure the car drives. So for, for that reason, just the fact that you can drive a car, that puts a tally mark, in my opinion, on the KA. Because you know what? Regardless of what engine it is, as long as it ran, it has to run, right? And the KA was obviously the cheaper option. So um, it definitely had to do with a, a coolness factor. Uh, JDM. This car, this engine was was not available in the U.S. as a turbocharged model. Nope. You had the the non-turbo versions, which were in the 200 SX, uh, the, the G20, um, maybe a few others, but those were the non-turbo versions. So, if you wanted a factory turbo version, most likely they came from Japan on a boat, like you said, as a clip or you know on a pallet or something like that. So when you here in the U.S. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, popped the hood and you saw an SR20, yes, there was definitely a coolness factor. I, w- I would agree with you. You know, going back that that time period, because it, you knew that it, it was a pain in the tail to get, it wasn't really a pain, but it was just the, you had to go to the right spot to get the right engine, or you had to contact a JDM importer and say, I really want this engine, and they finally give you what you're asking for, and then you still had to spend the time and do the swap and get everything right, and then still getting import stuff at that time was a pain. So it was the, it was the uniqueness I think yeah. at that time. So when you popped the hood, and it's true, like you popped the pop hood, the hood. Like, uh, pop the hood, yeah. and you would pop the hood, <laughs> and then you would see this SR20, and it was like, and you knew that it would make power. Of course, this is before the, the. Um, the power of the, uh, the valve train decided to just escape, um, through any type of real power that was put into yeah. it. Um, you know, high, 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 uh, high boost, but needless to say, I mean, it would definitely had a cool factor aspect to it, but yeah. back then I don't think it really added value. You know, you could rock the K 24s and I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I, in terms of value, okay, now here's the thing it's then versus now. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, the line in the sand is between then and now uh then let's say you know 10 15 years ago like you said uh seeing an sr20 in an in a two s13 240sx uh yes you 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 agree that yes someone put in the wrench time you know what i mean (laughs) they 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 put that engine in there most likely they had the transmission to go with it uh which hopefully got the six speed that goes with it that was always my favorite but um my, the first thought that I get back then of a car of a guy who put that engine in the car is he's going to rag the hell out of it. It's got some <laughs> sort of application or some purpose, and in this case, it might be you know it, drifting, uh, racing. Essentially, that that engine's been through some hell. Let's just say that. Yeah. 
Now, the line in the sand to me is twenty-five. the 25-year rule. When the 240SXs were able to be shipped from Japan, complete, drivable, uh, and it was a legitimate JDM car. Because if you get one of those cars now, it's a factory car, you know, matching numbers or however you want to say it. That has some value because it's 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 all factory. It was not a swap. It's yeah, uh, and I, I'd agree with you. And it's like you know, going back that time period, it's like I think that's the only thing that added value to the cars back then. When you had the SR20 and a 240, it was like wow, that car's worth it because you could literally go shopping out of California and be like, hey. I don't want to pay for that SR20. I don't even want to pay for the RB or whatever it was. Yeah. But back then when everything was still attainable and the drift tax was ridiculous, you could literally go to California, spend seven grand and come back with an SR, a 240 that already had the SR swap and literally yeah. drive that car back because it was just well done and, and properly processed usually. But, you know, I think what's happening now is the the lack of good examples of the vehicles are yeah. so few and far between that now the pricing on the cars that are almost stock trim are are crazy i mean yeah. like and i'll give you an example like you find an s14 just unchopped no sunroof just stock with a K24 and it's just been well maintained even at 100,000 miles the pricing on those is is through the roof right now if you have the SR it almost drives down the price a little bit in my opinion because uh, it's been touched because, it's because it's been touched at this point it's like you're almost needing to go back to trying to find good That's, examples of the cars like the 350z market right now yeah. like it, you know you want a 350z that is almost untouched like almost closest to stock that you can because yeah. it hasn't been bastardized and changed and i think that's just we it's like it's sad to say we're almost victims of our own <laughs> of our own bad choices um you know um yeah so yeah i think it, something that kind of what what you had said what what i think about is the type of buyer for the we we've grown we've matured even though we love cars we always have since the beginning our tastes have matured and it sounds like Maybe. us <laughs> has been we are the again the pristine example uh cuz we know they're hard to find uh if, i i also think that like and I'll give you an example. Like we were those kids that, uh, you know, that are growing, were grew up in that time period. We, we believe it or not, we were in the prime of being able to pick up those cars, whether we did age. or not, yeah, the golden yeah, yeah. age. And now you have kids now like, man, I really want a 240. And it's like, you, it's crazy that we're like, yeah, you better save your money. Cause that's 15, $20,000. Yes. You know, it's, it's well, nuts to think that it would be like that. Cause in my day, you know, that's, a bubble you gum know, only costed a penny, you know. Just a lot like, of old, I'm sure yeah. a lot of Plymouth and Mopar guys are laughing at us right now yeah, because yeah, this, I, had, this yeah. happened to them 20 years before. Yeah, us, and they, 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 yeah, and examples. And I'm sure there's like this is just, and I don't think it's necessarily like something that happens specifically to a car so much as it. This is just the evolution of of vehicles as they kind of come around. You know, they they go through that realm where they go through that time period where they're just kind of bastardized, hoard out, chopped up, and 
And then all of a sudden, you know, there's fewer examples out there and trying to find a good example is you're going to spend a little bit more. And then next thing you know, the dollar value on these things is through the roof. And um, unless it's something crazy that just takes a really long time to be valuable, like Volkswagen Beetles for the longest time, you could pick those up forever up until recently. Now they're starting to have a lot of value on them. But then again, they sold four bajillion of them on the planet. Um, but now the examples are rusting out. They're not being readily available. So the value is starting to market up. But when you have limited numbers, like the 240 sold well, but it wasn't all that available, you know, um, mm -hmm. for the longest time period. But when you sold it in other markets, I think it just trickled on here. And now we're starting to get through all the examples um, of good vehicles that are available, you know. And, and so does an SR20, getting back to center, yeah. Does an SR20 swapped S13 have more yeah. value than, say, a K24 um, stock engine that just was never bastardized? Now. Is is the is the condition of the chassis the same? Same. Like the, same the car. Taste, same car, full. both side to side. It's just one was SR20 was reasonably put back, put together, or the K24. Which one's going to have more value? Honestly, if it's if the chassis is the same and the the engines were just the only thing the only thing that was different, mm -hmm. I want to say the SR20 still because okay. uh, which one's cooler? Uh, SR20 which one's cooler. You SR20. know, it's <laughs> first response is SR20. However, it's it's um, I've always. This is such always, a weird topic been, because no, no, we're no, yeah. we're all over the place right yes, now. We're yes, literally yes. just. We're talking out of the sides of our mouths half the time. And then the yeah, other well, thing, too, is... this is what back alley like, chat is supposed to be. This, this is, is what back alley is like. Yeah, yeah. There's never a right answer. And it's just, there's never anything that can be proved. Yeah. You know, it's like... I'm, I'm the type of person who will like something because not everybody likes it. I guess that's what a hipster is. I don't know. I do. You know, <laughs> I, I, I will, I I will this, say, I though, that, that I've always liked the K24, but people always yeah. pooped on it because it was like, yeah. it's a truck engine. I like... They go, I like underdogs. How about that? The KA like to underdogs. me is an underdog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so for that reason, I, I do like it still. I'm not saying it's bad, but if you're asking me from a dollar value, if if the chassis are the same and the conditions and you know the yeah. the the install was tasteful, then it's going to be SR20 still. Uh, All right. So let's take some comments. We've got a few things here. Um, Orlando Nunez, probably cool factor is, uh, see here, just mentioning SR20 makes guys um, hard. <laughs> <laughs> I will leave it at that. Uh, and he goes, well, um, but yeah. he goes, but it does add value in this crazy market. And I, 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 I kind of agree. It's like just it's the craziness of the time and people are just like so eager to get one that they'll pay through the nose. I mean, I, I I had my own car and some guy ran me off the road and he paid me three times what it was worth. And this was 2003 or something. And I wish I would have held on to it because it was just, you know, I didn't realize that I could have got another three times what I paid for it at that time. It's, it's right. insane. Now, you mentioned something earlier, Miles, and I wanted to pick up on it just a little bit. You mentioned there for a second RB as well. So you got to remember, 240SXs had RB. People were doing RB swaps oh, as well. Oh, baby, I'm going to give you more than that. CA18DET, baby. Old school. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, the little baby Skyline engine. I mean, that thing was badass. Harold uh, Wickman dropped it in. 
And he goes, C-A-A-T-D-E-T, SR-20 sounds like a wet fart. And I would Ooh. say, I was like, that's pretty ballsy, Harold. But yes, uh, I would yeah. say that the C-A-A-T-D-E-T, believe it or not, is actually one of my favorite engines. Um, yeah. I just can never get my hands on one. I, I always Talk about rare. One. They've been rare probably more so than the SR-20. Yeah, and honestly, I always wanted to take one of those and throw them into this bad boy behind me. You know, one of these dots mm. and 620s. I think it's the coolest thing you could possibly do, but I can't freaking find one to save my yeah. life. It's Here we are. Period. You know, a, another factor, and we didn't talk about this as part of the consideration. And both both engines are the same, though, but period correctness uh yeah, ka point. and sr were still the same period so it really wasn't a, a, a much of a topic but when it comes to swaps i i like period correctness yeah i think, I think if you sure. get into a ca18 dt and a 240 and you pop the hood people are like what the what is it yeah. it looks like a uh is that an rb26 rb25 like they don't yeah, know yeah. It, like it, it's, it's it's sad to say lesser known it's a engines. lesser known brother but but to yeah. me, that's the highest cool factor that you can possibly get. But, yeah. um, uh, and Brad's asking us, so I, what's going to be the next golden age car to buy? I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned this, Brad, because that's a whole other. Is this back alley chat? That's a whole two? other back alley chat. And I'll I'll just tell you right can, now. Yeah. It's gonna be. It was the 350Z car, but there are none left. Mm. I'm gonna say. In my opinion, I think it's right now. I think right it's now. The, That's exactly what Nissan, I was thinking. Nissan based. I think any. it's the 300ZX, either the non-turbo, the twin, any of the the 300ZX models. I think the the 280ZX is the car that's coming up, and I hate to say it, it it's it's finally it's time around, and the Z31s. The 300ZX, yes, but there was more, way more models. I just think the Z31 is just one of those cars that were left for dead for the longest time, and there's no good examples left of those things. I, so. I agree with you that the 280ZX is, is making somewhat of a steep coolness jump. Yeah. Uh, a lot of companies like Skillard, our friends there, are making some really good mods that really yeah. pick up the taste, I mean, the, the coolness of it. I agree. Now, honestly, what I was going to say was the golden age car um, is cars that are being built right now. And you know, it, I, I kind of feel like the 50s and the 60s, the Q50s yeah. and the 60s are going to be like the new G35s and the 350Zs. Because, well, I mean, what you get, you know, you get a hell of a lot of car for the money yeah. when they when they drop in price yeah. or they stop making these things. Yeah, I think so. Well, well, here's my thing: is that even the Z that's out right now, um, this is, or and no matter what car it is, I mean, no matter again, uh, uh, Challengers, Chargers, Camaros, Mustangs, whatever it is, in terms of sports cars, gasoline-powered sports cars, this is somewhat of the last hurrah for many of those models. So, if you've got, if you own one of the last gas-powered sports cars, it, it's going to be the probably with the best example. The best technology is being applied to it. It's probably stopped already. Now, They've already built. Yeah. It's not going to get any better. Because yeah, the innovation, the, it, it, the innovation options and putting money into the development for new engines. Yeah. It, it it's happened in the last year or two. I, I want to say it, it all happened kind of really as a whisper when COVID was happening. Yeah. Re, the reality is when COVID hit, it changed everything, and I think it it sped up the clock for a lot of things that were happening because these manufacturers are like the change is here. We need to get up to speed on it. Nissan was ahead of that curve. Just 
through circumstance. But the reality is all these other companies are biting onto that now. And, you know, this EV muscle is going to be the new thing. I, I, I really think we're on the precipice of a of the of the power ev that's coming coming out you're starting to have these trucks that are chasing power now you know you have these muscle car these muscle cars that are coming out with this EV, what is that the ev hellcat or whatever that came out uh, that's a hell of a vehicle you know um but the, the, we're gonna get off track here but yeah, yeah. and of course leave it to brad to to derail us but <laughs> uh yeah but it was a hell of a it's a hell of a good question. So, That's yeah. a great question. Maybe we should make. Hey, well, if you don't think we've covered it all, maybe we should make that. Oh, we there's no way we're going to cover this all. Yeah. We could talk till yeah. midnight, and then we'll be doing this. But yeah, we still yeah. got more show to kind of go through. We do. But yes, we do. great comments. Um, Thanks, you see guys. here. Uh, yeah, we're going to step out of this one because it's just getting <laughs> a little too crazy. But uh, Brad on the last thing says that was uh, the inspiration for buying um, one of the last 370Zs. And you might be right, dude. That could yeah. be it too. And I yeah. would say you you might be onto something. That's but, some deep um, questions, man. Yeah, you th- definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Brad, for dropping some deep, deep, uh, deep knowledge on us tonight. <laughs> so kudos, uh, your MVP. Uh, let's so let's see here for events. Um, we do got to cover a little bit of events as we kind of lean towards the door here, getting yep. to be a little a long of a show. Um, but Mike. Um, uh, you actually covered an event here and, and we'll give you a little bit more time, but um, this was a shout out for the fair lady roadster club event. Um, and uh, you wanted to give them a special shout out because of uh, just what they accomplished. I, I, I do. I do. Uh, so this came to me after the fact, I wasn't too familiar with it until after this event happened. Um, hey, it's been six weeks and we wouldn't have had much chance anyway, but I am so impressed by this, and, and, and I'll, I'll share this video in just a second. Let me just say, um, the oldest, well, even when it comes to the vehicles I have personally, I've, I've got the 60, uh, 79 Datsun 620, I've got the 91300ZX. The odds of me finding somebody with the same vehicle, the same generation of vehicle, that's running, that you can hang out with or go cruise together on a car that's over 25 years old. It gets harder. Every year that car gets older, the harder and harder it gets to find, a, you know, a certain number of people to kind of cruise with and have fun with that same vehicle. What I want to showcase here is, and I'm going to go and share my screen on this, is a Fair Lady Roadster group. Uh, I believe they were out of the Oregon area. They had what they called the 2022 Shed Barbecue Datsun Roadster Run. And I'm going to let this run in the background here. They had 46 Nissan Roadsters attend drivable Roadsters go uh, down the line here. This video is actually, how long is this video? This is just them running. Two minutes of these uh, Roadsters just going down the road and... Each of them, majority of them, look really, really great condition. They run. Um, Got to think about, are they all in the same state? Did they drive? How far did they drive to do this? Um, I've always wanted to do this, for example, with Dotson 620s. If I can get five guys in South <laughs> Texas to do this, I would be so happy. If I could get 46 of the same model, it's a legendary thing, in my opinion. Uh, I just want to give this, this whoever organized this, I want to give them props for it. I'm sure there's a lot of story uh, stories that uh, actually uh, took place into making this happen. Uh, 
and, and just look at that line. It's just it's just so cool to see, man. So I just want to give a, sh- a shout out to these guys. Uh, again, the, the yeah, that's actually really cool to watch and uh, and so. But yeah, I mean, if you hear us right now, or uh, if you know anybody that kind of put that together, just give them a thumbs up from us. Keep the show going. We love to watch stuff like this. So yeah. Um, or if anybody knows anybody who ran the event, um, let us know. Uh, we'd love to kind of do an interview about the event, um, just kind of talking about it, really? how you cre- how it created, how it got created, and then of course, um, what are the plans for the future? So let us know. This was um, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kudos, Mike, for finding that, and then of course, uh, giving them the thumbs up. Um, we're gonna just run through the last bit of the events and start making our way again towards the door. Um, we're uh, we're just gonna do a a recap, and I think we'll probably save a lot of this for the the next episode. But the 35th annual Z convention uh, just finished out in Birmingham, Alabama. For those that went, um, it looked like a great event. Uh, me and Mike watched it through pictures. Um, the, um, and then, uh, it was hosted by the group Z sports club, uh, or uh, my apologies. It was, uh, it was hosted by the, uh, the iron city, iron city, um, Z-Club. group. Yep. And they, uh, apparently it turned out to be a great event. So, uh, we had them on, um, last time, Chris Carl, and of course, um, the folks Bobby. on the, and Bobby, Robbie to talk about the event last time. So again, um, kudos, you can go and check out the, the page from Zcon at the zcon.org if you want to see uh, what happened with last year's event. The next um, Z convention will actually be hosted by the Group Z Sports Car Club July 31st and August 5th. Um, There, Mike has actually uh, done that for us. And this is going to be in Ontario, California this upcoming year. So um, uh, in 2023. So if you get an opportunity um, to start making your plans for that, do it. I think me and Mike are looking to probably hit this convention uh, this year. We're just spacing out from time to time if we can. Yes. So um, we'll, uh, and then we're also trying to make a, a, an event or two of the smaller um, uh, things so we can just yeah. uh, make sure we're spreading ourselves out uh, as we go through the years. This so, is, yeah, this is Southern California, just an hour outside of Los Angeles. Uh, for anybody who's curious, uh, now there is actually a really great track, uh, Willow Springs, which is the track day, and of course we've got uh, autocross, judge car show, group drives, uh, speaker night, uh, many favorites that are a signature of Zcon, also happening here uh, uh, in Ontario, California. Though uh, again, next year, July twenty first, July thirty first yep. through August fifth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, registration is not open yet. Uh, we would imagine that happening probably uh, within the last two months of this year and or at the very latest, uh, probably 1st of January. Okay. Yeah. And we did want to give a shout out on the calendar to the um, upcoming Midwest Z Heritage event that's going to be happening here September 8th through the 11th. Um, it's actually going to be based out of Chicago, Illinois, with a host hotel of Eaglewood Resort and Spa. Uh, this will be hosted by the Wind City Z Club. Um, they've been doing the same event for the past two decades. If you want to find out a little bit more about that event, you can check out the MidwestZHeritage.com uh, page uh, for more information on that. Cool, cool, cool. Uh... This next one here, I can go ahead and share a screen on this one as well. We're talking about this next event happening uh, here uh, September 10th, uh, which is uh, about a week and a half from now. Uh, the 17th annual uh, Japanese Classic Car Show, otherwise known as JCCS. 
uh, happening in Long Beach, the Marina Green Park. Uh, this is always, this is one of these events, you mentioned, I shouldn't even say it's a small event. It's a short event, maybe a day or two, but it is a, a massive event in terms of the, the quality of cars that attend, the number of sponsors, vendors, uh, other attractions uh, there in Long Beach uh, during that weekend. Um one that we definitely need to make uh, plans for. We we've been saying this. Uh, perhaps twenty three, we can we can knock that. Yeah, yeah, I know. We were we talked about <laughs> making this year, but I I think the plan for is going to be for on for next year. I think we're going to make a strong commitment for for making it out to JCCS for next year if we can all do that. So, uh, again, if you have the means or if you're in the area, I would not rec- I would recommend not missing this event. Um, again, this is going to be September tenth. Um, you can check out more information about it at JapaneseClassicCarShow.com. Um, yes, the last thing we want to cover here today was the 17th annual Z Nationals. Um, and, Mike, I'll let you talk a little bit about this because you were a former employee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Z Nationals, uh, 17th annual. Uh, talk about an event that has had a long tenure, especially uh, on the eastern part of the country. Uh, host by Z1 Motorsports. This is happening October 21st uh, and 22nd uh, in the Atlanta area. Uh, typical Z Nationals events, uh, and this year is no exception. Uh, track day and car show. Uh, first day is a track day. This year is happening at the Atlanta Motorsports Park. Uh, that's just north of Atlanta, I believe. And then the second day is actually a car show at the Z1 headquarters, uh, one of the freshly renovated Z1 headquarters uh, for this. Registration uh, is active. If you go to ZNationals.com, you can register online for either the track day and or the uh, show day um, uh, on that weekend. Again, that's happening October 21st and 22nd. Um, now, Again, like we say with every event that includes a track day, if you are interested in that track day, that's the you that's the first thing you need to sign up for as soon as possible because that's the first thing that typically sells out. Uh, so I definitely encourage uh, you guys who are interested to to check this out. Znationals.com, uh, you can check that out. Um, and to let anybody know, we again these events just like every episode. Uh, we try our best to find events happening across uh, the country here, even overseas, and uh, typically on a grassroots level of some sort. And if you know one in your area that you would like for us to help uh, share and promote, uh, you can go ahead and contact us, uh, again, through online or other social medias. Uh, our email is info at nissannerd.com. Let us know about your events, uh, what kind of a, uh, what kind of team you've got going on involved, um, maybe if you need some help with sponsorship, you know, we've got some, actually, you know what, now that I think about it, kind of like what we did for Branson, man, we, uh, we can always throw out a few stickers along the way to help support, uh, events, uh, along the way. So we could help, uh, do that for you. So, uh, if you are an organizer, uh, feel free to, to shout out, come, come, uh, talk to us. Very cool. Yeah. See here. And um, let me see here. And somebody commented here that uh, Harold throw out hump days. So if you've got an event that's called hump days, let us know. And we'll uh, <laughs> we'll definitely uh, talk about it. I'm sure there is. But uh, yeah, if you've got an event that's well, uh, up and coming, let us know. Is there a hump days? Or is he I, just throwing something at me? Is well, that Harold? I don't know of hump days, but when I think of Harold, I always think of Branson because that's when I, I think one of the first times I met him. So Branson Pumpkin Spice Edition is actually happening. Yeah. I want to say it's next month as well. So we, yeah, we need we need to promote that. 
I wonder if I do this real quick here. I'm sorry. The BransonZFest.org. This is a free event. Typically, it's meant to be. It's so. It's if you thought Branson was relaxed, this is even more relaxed. Uh, countdown. They're saying here. Uh, let's yeah, see. Yeah, October sixth through October eighth, through for the pumpkin spice. Thirty-seven days away. Yep, that's yep. the one. So. And that. actually, it looks like a heck of an event because it just. Oh. Branson's already relaxed, so apparently, from what we are told, it's like even more relaxed. So I'm just like, and and that to me is a huge selling point. They don't so. even wear clothes. That's the, that's how relaxed they are. Is that <laughs> what we're selling? We're selling. Uh, we're selling. Uh, we're selling the nudity. Is that what yeah. the Lyman's uh, selling right full now? Full frontal hardcore nudity, pumpkin spice Branson. Full Z. frontal, <laughs> full frontal Lyman. All right. That's how relaxed they are. That's how relaxed <laughs> we are, at pumpkin spice. <laughs> but again, course, uh, right, for yeah. those that don't know, uh, uh, Branson is uh, becoming a, a huge it has been. event. Yes, it has been actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there uh, we had a blast this last event, um, and uh, we unfortunately aren't going to be able to make the pumpkin spice this year. But it's going to be definitely on our radar for uh, Branson for next year. So I think we're going to wind up going to that again. So we had a blast. We just won't. Um, be trying to do the major engine swaps. I think we're going to do something like, uh, we'll probably do like a badge swap or something. I don't know. Badge, just, uh, oil change. Uh, we're yeah, doing an oil like change that. in the yeah. parking lot. It's like the max we're going to be, the max. uh, maybe, I don't know. We'll maybe we'll get a little crazy and commit to something a little next year. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, uh, the event in a bag. Um, actually, uh, Orlando was nice enough to, send me a video of uh, Mr. Tom Cruise in one of the Red Bull F1 vehicles. Yeah. Uh, if you want to give me the uh, the steering wheel, we'll steering run that in the background as we uh, finish up and wrap up. So, sure, 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 sure. Right. Uh, as soon as it registers, let's go for it. Uh, there you go. All right. There we go. So, uh, yeah, we'll run that in the background as we kind of wrap up the night. But, uh, yeah, thanks again for everybody for kind of coming uh, on the show. Um, again, if you have events that are happening in your area, please let us know uh, because – or there's news that we need to know about that's happening in the community. Or there's maybe a, a special interest story that we – that you would like us to know about. No, no story too small or too big. That's what we're here for. We're here to support the community. On that note, support us by liking yeah. – sharing and subscribing um to all of our pages um if you need to contact us you contact us contact us at info at nissannerd.com yeah and uh before we let everybody yes. go we did want to give a bit of a shout out um just within yeah. the community um kevin and kelsey stefan who i think might still be on with us if they haven't gone past their bedtime <laughs> uh, just yet um actually uh visit us uh here in san antonio um, recently, yeah. I don't know, Mike, did you save any of the photos from that event? I did. I did. I'll share my screen um, on this one. Yes. And I'll uh, go ahead and uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin and Kelsey, I think they contacted you. Uh, they, yeah. they, they, uh, were celebrating. Well, so first of all, we met them at Branson Z Fest, uh, mm -hmm. had a great time with them. And then they just coincidentally decided to visit San Antonio as part of their one year anniversary, their first wedding anniversary. And I uh, gave you a shout. Yeah. So we had a night. Uh, again, these are some pictures here and in front of the Alamo. Uh, there they are. And we had a great time. We uh, were able to jump on some birds. We probably – dude, I 
I probably put about fifty bucks into birds. Have you checked your statement yet? We put some money on those birds, dude. We went... I, I I put some cash on the birds. It's no big yeah. deal. We had a good yeah. time. No, it was but, fun. Uh... I'm not I'm not complaining, but like I was actually surprised uh, how much how many miles or how much time we put on. We were birds. on those things for a number of good hours. Yeah, I mean we had a blast. Um, if you think about it. So um, uh, but you know we jumped on a bunch of birds and um and we just really had a blast. I mean that's yeah. all great time uh, yeah and we went out for some drinks and got in some trouble and then um <laughs> yeah and we'll keep a lot of this you know pg but thanks again to them for showing up um i did want to share um yep. one more thing before you do before you do uh i was gonna say uh d- should we advertise this as being an east Nerd package so if anybody comes into town we're obligated to uh, go out and party with we them, are or? yeah i think if you come into town if you took the initiative to come to san antonio uh, we will be forced to be take forced. you out around the town as ambassadors of the good city of San Antonio. Now there are stipulations; you must live outside the state. I, I, I'm just kidding, but you, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Don't say you're like live outside of San Antonio and coming in like Austin, is, like Ion or somebody. The Nissan yeah, you, you, you literally have to be. Yeah, you can't be. You have to be foreign to Texas. And if you come into town, let us know, and we'll take you out for for some treats and. Um, probably get you in some trouble, maybe injure you just a little bit, but we'll have some fun and, uh, we'll definitely change you. Um, give me the steering wheel, Mike. So, um, you know, look how nice and cute this couple is. And then of course, uh, after they left, um, they got a little bit of San Antonio in them. Uh, they got a little ghetto, so, uh, they got a little thugged out. So yeah. Uh, but no kudos to them for coming out and, um, spending some time with us. And uh, we had a great time. Uh, we'd love to have you back. And I uh, wish you guys another another year of happy marriage. And uh, yes. And, yeah. And uh, congratulations. Go for it. So. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I got one more for you, Miles. Again, this is just one more shout out for the community. Uh, we, um, I should say I, I uh, had made a phone call and uh, it just so happened I, I spoke with uh, with Mad Mike. And uh, he had explained that he had actually celebrated his 80th birthday last week. So I want to say happy belated birthday, Mad Mike Taylor. Uh, for those who don't know who he is, if you drive a 350Z, he's probably the reason uh, that the 350Z uh, or the Z in general came back after the Z32 was discontinued. Uh, very much involved in, in that. Uh, he was actually the uh, the ZCCA uh, founder, you would say, and the, the first executive director uh, very much the reason, Miles, the reason why me and you are here was probably is mo- very much influenced by uh, the, the actions of this guy. So the godfather, if you will. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, Mad Mike was very, I, I would say we probably wouldn't have a community that we appreciate today without his, his actions. Um, so when you do see him around a little, little uh um, little, yeah. you know, to, uh, we appreciate all his uh, yeah. his efforts over the many many years, and uh, yeah, I, I've had such a great time talking to him over the over the years, and um, he's definitely a face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a character he's for sure. The face of the, the ZCCA. So, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, this was a fun picture uh, I found of him with Mr. K. Obviously, he was a big fan, big friend, uh, a, a close friend, I would say, with 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 Mr. K. Uh, you could say you could see just the friendship that that they that they shared. So I thought it was a very good picture to see, uh, to share with you guys. I did let him know. I asked him. I go, you know, Mad Mike, is it okay? Yeah, if, I've got. If we share this, uh huh. You there? Go ahead. Anyway, he said. Uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and share. He goes, I, I accept cash. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Mad Mike's just got a ton of stories. And we've been meeting to kind of get him on for an interview for some time. But uh, we'll see if we can make that happen one of these days. So, um, but uh, actually, I wanted to share one more photo. And Ooh. then we'll call it a night. Um, Let's see yeah. here. Now, this is actually one of my favorite photos um, that I took liberties with um, for Mr. Mad Mike when I you presented him with liberties? a that's a first with a lifetime <laughs> achievement award um, uh, where we gave it okay. to us to at Nismo Fiesta many years ago and uh, it's one of my favorite oh. renderings. Oh, um, man. Yeah, so kudos to him. Uh, happy birthday to Mr. Mad Mike Taylor. Is there are a few more there. Uh, they... Oh yeah, there's a couple. Seen... There's always one there that. <laughs> That's the one I like. That's a great one. That one almost looks original. This one? Look at that, yeah, look at that no, smile, this is great. man. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, awesome. on that note, um, a kudos to Mr. Mad Mike uh, for yep. all he's done for the community. And we'll continue to do as long as blood pulses through him uh, for through sure. Us. He's got the yeah. passion. Yeah. But I'll let you folks, uh, we're, on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the night. I want to thank everybody for joining us again. Um, we'll do a little uh, compi if we Let's could. Let's do it, man. Yes, again, guys, compi, thank you for joining us. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we appreciate you being here. And for real this time, we'll see you in two weeks. Yes, mm-hmm. compi, mm-hmm. two weeks, we'll see you. All right, thank you again for everybody. See you in two weeks. Um, play the sound. Let's go. Let's get them out of here. Do Oh, oh. It's time to take it off. God, Woo! dude. Hey, please. Dang, what? I, I thought I was pale. What, what are you doing? Stretch it. I'm going to bed. What are you doing? <laughs> You're like the dude. Am I getting me too right now? Is this like, hey, what's up? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Oh, I'm just, you know, just, you know, uh, what's the mm. word? Uh, balls in your court, baby. You just like. <laughs> got the clip. Oh. <laughs> Dude, what what are you doing right now? Oh okay, man! All right, there goes our rating. There goes, it goes our, rating. our rating. It's no longer PG. <laughs> anyway, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you next episode. <laughs> because of my eyes, my, my eyes. eyes. Everybody's Bert. hugging. It's just like what? Oh. <laughs> I'll bring it up here. All right, my eyes are up here. All right, let's go. My eyes are up here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Good night, right, guys. guys. You guys have a good Thanks, day. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, we'll see, see ya. ya. Bye. 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 <laughs>